Hello and welcome to episode number 63 of Guys Podcast. I am John Tortorelli with my co-hosts, Brennan Capazello and Justin Rain. Today we'll be talking about Damar Hamlin, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buccaneers finally clinching the NFC South, who will get the last playoff spots in each conference. And last but not least, we're going to touch on Las Vegas Raiders, J.J. Watt's retirement, and some Week 18 Hickam. It's going to be a longer episode probably we'll see um i guess to start this episode the tone it's going to be a little more heavy um on monday night there's really no other way to kind of talk about it. it's hard for me even still to just put it into words and, and perspective but jamar hamlin suffered cardiac arrest and for most of us watching the game it it's something so visceral when you're watching sports and live television specifically it's the last thing you ever expect and we were actually sitting here all three of us together and I remember at the time just not knowing what to say and and being speechless and a few days later I want to say number one my thoughts all of our thoughts all of our prayers Go out to Damar Hamlin, his family, his hundreds of teammates, his friends, and everybody that he has impacted, and everybody that's impacted him. Over these last couple of days, we've learned more about Damar Hamlin and who he is. I learned that I knew he was from McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. I didn't know he had a toy drive that he set up before he was drafted. And what, 60 hours later, that toy drive has now hit over $7 million in donations there's a lot of good in society, I like to believe, and um, the support has just been overflowing. And it, it really is a positive note. A lot of the signs uh, for DeMar have been encouraging, but I think in many ways this can teach us some things about ourselves. It helps us humanize athletes. It helps us kind of understand, while we may look at them as characters and video game guys and people that we bet on oftentimes I feel like we dehumanize them and it makes you look in the mirror sometimes to fully appreciate not just the fact they're putting their bodies in the line but how much that goes into this and how hard it is and just a moment like this kind of makes you take a step back and just reevaluate yourself um I'm sorry, I'm still having a tough time talking about this if one of you two would like to jump in because there's like so much to say here. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, like John said, we were getting ready to record and about to start the show when all of us saw that that play happen. And I think the my instant reaction, I, I got chills a little bit. I, I was freaked out. You don't expect to see somebody, uh, you know, fall to the floor like that in the middle of a football game. And, you know, your instant reaction is, with all the things going on this year, you're thinking of the concussions. You think, uh, oh my gosh, did he hit his head on the floor? Was it helmet helmet contact? Is he okay? But we've grown so accustomed to, you know, these head traumas that happen to these football players. You know, you just get so used to them going to the sideline or, or being carted into the locker room. And then, you know, the game, the show goes on. But that that didn't happen. And, and Lisa Salters on ESPN said it best, you know, we get so used to waiting to see that thumbs up. And then when you don't see that, it's it, it becomes a very worrisome sight, which which was the case on Monday night. I think uh, for me, and you hit it on the on the head, uh, John, when you said you know we dehumanize these athletes so many times. 
I was going into that Monday night thinking, oh, I have uh, fantasy football implications on it. And then all of a sudden, you know, fantasy turns into reality and, and fantasy football doesn't matter anymore. You know, these people are more than just people on your fantasy team or you, which, like you said, people that you place money on. These people have families. This guy was 24 years old. I'm 24 years old. You know, so it, it really uh, it, it hit hard because you just, you know, no, tomorrow's never promised to nobody. And I'm just grateful to God that, one, the response team was there right away. Uh, they were able to bring him back and, and get him into a hospital. And the positive news is that he's been, you know, progressing over the last 48 hours from what I've heard. Still in the ICU, if I'm not mistaken, in critical condition, but getting better. And, and that's all we can say. I know DeMar has been in my prayers, and I'm sure he's been in yours. But that's the real... You know, like like I said, that's the real part of football. You know, we watch, we're watching a game and we and we sit down every Sunday, every Thursday, every Monday. We have the pleasure of watching these guys play, and they do it for our entertainment. They do it for their family, and you know, like like you said, John, it's so quick that we can dehumanize these guys, but they're human. They 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 have families. They go through lives. They get paid the same way we do. And they have emotions the same way we do. And I'm sure some of those players on the Bills and the Bengals are probably still shaken up from, from what they saw. But, you know, God willing, he continues to progress. And, and we'd see DeMar showing his face on the sideline just, you know, to show us that he's okay again, you know? Yeah, I echo all your guys' um, comments on this so far. I mean, first and foremost, like John said, all positive and good thoughts and prayers and energy to Damar Hamlin, his family, his loved ones. Uh, but one thing that I, um, as you guys were talking, that I, I it uh, hit home in my mind was how we look at athletes and how we, quote unquote, dehumanize them. Or um, I, I don't want to go that far, but you know what I mean. L don't look at them as people. Um, a couple of years ago. In my own life, I've gone through a lot of changes, like I think everybody has, uh, you know, growing up and just getting older. But one thing that I've I've transformed um, in my head is how we do talk about people in general. Um, and I'm very careful with the words that I use um, in terms of giving praise or, you know, giving criticism when it's due. But one thing I won't do is anymore is really go too far across the line and and just like say things that are just you know spur of the moments emotion alcohol is running through you or, or whatever the the case may be anger because you know this player messed up dropped a pass dropped an interception missed a tackle whatever it, it's football you can get angry. You can, I'm not saying don't take the emotion out of the game because trust me, I'm one of the most emotional people in, in terms of life. But you just got to be careful with how you how you do say things and and you know just you know be weary of that. You know, treat people how how you'd want to be treated. But you know, keep that same emotion and energy as you always do. So um, yeah, we we just all hope that uh, Demar Hamlin uh, gets better. Uh, he's, he's looking, it's looking promising right now, but you know, he's still got to keep fighting. And I think that he's going to keep fighting. Uh, so yeah. That was well said by you too. Um, Demar Hamlin still is in the CCU. 
at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. It's important to note, in post-production, we'll have a picture of it. This is an AED, an automated external defibrillator that and CPR is needed to resuscitate tomorrow. For most of you watching this, I'm sure you may be a parent, you may be a kid, you've probably been an athlete, you go to school. Not every school, unfortunately, but most schools and most gyms should have an AED, an automated external defibrillator. Do you know where that is? If not, be sure to take a look. There's usually going to be a sign. And take it one step further to be prepared. Why not go to the American Red Cross, spend what's $30 to potentially be prepared to save a life? That, to me, is something we really can gain from this. Because we often have the perspective, that's not going to happen to me. That's a one in a million chance. Uh -huh. But then when that event does happen, you feel crippled because you weren't prepared. So for me, it makes me look in the mirror, not just as somebody that talks about sports, but does play sports. It's much more than the game of football and the violence of it. This is This is human life. And I feel like for most of us, Sports is a natural teacher of life, and sometimes it there's an ugly side that you don't want to admit, but it'll hit you in ways that you're not prepared, and you have to respond properly. So I think that's one huge note. The link to Damar's donation and his toy drive will be in the description, in the pinned comment. Uh, we're praying for him and all of his teammates who are affected. For many of those people, that was the first time they saw CPR. And that was in the football field. The place that, for many athletes, was the one safe haven. You know, I played basketball. When I played basketball as a kid, that was the one place, no matter what constant you had, well, no matter what happened in my life, that was one place I can go to consistently. So to have that then become a place where it's life or death for your teammate, your brother, that's something you can't put into words. And um, for us, the only thing that matters right now is Demar Hamlin's health. We're going to try our best talk about football it, it's still hard and every time I, I think about the Philadelphia Eagles or the Steelers my mind right goes right back to Tamar Hamlin his mother his family his younger brother that right now to me matters more we should mention and we should call them out NFL you need to start considering and doing the right thing in terms of guaranteeing contracts uh the the NFL football is one of the very few sports that contracts are not guaranteed um, and it's one of the most violent sports, probably top three. Uh, you would consider with, you know, MMA and boxing up there. Uh, football's right there with them. Uh, and it's a shame that these guys' contracts aren't guaranteed and that they aren't. Um, I'm not saying DeMar Hamlin won't be taken care of because I think the NFL has come out and said we will take care of him. And I think the Buffalo Bills will take care of him. But everybody needs to be taken care of that, that plays that sport because it is so dangerous. So NFL step up and it's, it's time to have discussions and do the right thing yes i know you're a billion dollar corporation at the end of the day all you care about is dollars and cents but it, it's time to take care of the people that make you those dollars and cents hard to agree if we were going to add in a 17th game for the sake of that and a little bit more money players should have life insurance no matter how many years they play for jamar uh as you said uh, hopefully, he will be taken care of by the NFL. But for some players, if you don't play three years or what have you, you don't get that guarantee insurance. And given you know the state of the NFL and the injuries we've had this season, it doesn't feel right to me. So, switching gears, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and 
are they what you would consider a fraudulent team or here, maybe this is a better question. How important is Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, I'll tell you this. The last two games, I think it has uh, become more apparently clear that the case for Jalen Hurts being MVP, if he was healthy, you'd have a very much better case because of these last two games and how they've performed as, as a team, the Eagles, even though they're one and one, hasn't been the prettiest uh Oh and two. Don't forget it. Lost the Cowboys. They are 0 and two in their last two games. Sorry, that that's why I thought they went one and one. They are 0 and two. I apologize. Yeah. So I mean, again, why why this conversation about Jalen Hurts being MVP and being very important to this team, you'd have a much better case of making that argument because they are 0 and two uh in their last two games without Jalen Hurts. So they got a, a game coming up. We're going to talk about probably towards the end of the show a little bit against the Giants, divisional game. Don't know if the uh, starters are going to start for the Giants, but, you know, kick it to you, Justin. How you feel about these uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Are they fraudulent? How is Jalen Hurts going to look when he comes back? Is he going to look, you know? Uh, okay. Personally, I think fraudulent is, is such a big word. We're this far into the season. We know exactly what the Eagles are. Uh, two games without Jalen Hurts just goes on to tell you, Okay, they need this guy. This is the MVP. He really is the MVP because without him, nothing against Gardner Minshew. When you go from MVP caliber play to, you know, I guess mediocre quarterback play, there's a big drop off. So, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Minshew, so I don't want to knock him whatsoever. I don't I don't want to use this segment to, to knock him down. But there, there's levels to this. And, and we've spoken about this before. There's levels to this crap when, when it comes to quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is your guy, and for a long time, he's been the MVP of the season. He's started that – I think he started this train around week five that we're like, oh, my gosh, yo, this guy has a legit chance at winning an MVP, and he showed that. And then the last two games that he's missed just show more and more just how valuable he is. That's where the VP comes in, valuable player, because without him, I don't know where this Eagles team is. Yeah, they'll be competitive, but you put Jalen Hurts into the fold, the development that he's had in this year – you know, with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders running for, I think, over 1,200 yards this season. This team is clicking when he's under center. You know, it adds that extra element on offense that you have to account for that Gardner Minshew does not have. So, no, I'm not going to say the Eagles are fraudulent. Jalen Hurts still is, to me, the MVP, and these last two weeks really show that to you. I think, uh, you know, I know this conversation isn't really so much about the number one seed, but if the Eagles don't get the number one seed, I'd still feel confident in them knowing that Jalen Hurts will be healthy and on the field if he's on the field for the playoffs, which we're all assuming he is. I think he's questionable for this game against the Giants on Sunday, uh, which really has no implications for the Giants whatsoever. The Giants won't rest starters, but they they can if they wanted to. Uh, the Eagles want that number one seed, but if they don't get it, I'm more confident just because they got Jalen Hurts under center. It is a funny thing. Do you play Jalen Hurts this week to gun for the number one seed? Because then he's going to have that extra week off. Maybe you want him to shake off some of that rust. But these last couple of weeks have shown us, to me, and I know some people aren't going to like this, is that Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Against the Cowboys, we saw a handful of turnovers. Three by Gardner Minshew. Now, some, I think the second interception was an incredible incredible pick by the Cowboys nickel corner but then you have a fumbled snap a fumbled handoff 
to Miles Sanders. Against the Cowboys, what cost them was turnovers. Jalen Hurts this entire season from the turnovers. And then against the Saints, when you throw a pick six, Jalen Hurts can grind out a win. He can grit it on the grounds. And then he can work Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown back into the fold. With Gardner Minshew, I'll be honest, man, I overhyped him. Because these last couple of weeks have shown me, you're playing with the best talent probably on the offensive side of the ball in the football, and you've looked like a backup. I mean, it's tough for me because we've seen Garner on bad teams kind of maximize the talent. That's what made me so hopeful. But right now we're seeing you go from an MVP that leads the highest scoring offense in football to a guy that has only started four games in the last two years, and you realize it was a pretty steep drop-off. And that's why against a defense like the Saints, they'll get caught slipping. Before this matchup, I was like, the Saints, they're going to keep this game close. Did I expect them to win? No. Andy Dalton was surgical for the most part until he threw that interception. I look at this game and say to myself, they need Jalen Hurts in order to go anywhere in the playoffs. A lot of people this year have said, Micah Parsons included, this was crazy to me, that they're a great team. You know, why, why should Jalen Hurts get MVP? Well, I mean, without that engine, which is Jalen Hurts, I don't think they're a great team. This year, they've taken the leap to number one seed status because of his growth, because of his jump. I mean, it has been Josh Allen lights. And so many people will say, well, John, he got A.J. Brown. Well, that's the whole point. <laughs> With any elite quarterback, Tua gets Jalen Waddle and then Tyreek Hill. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and then Jamar Chase. Kirk Cousins, for the most part. For the most part. You know, Am Thielen, T.J. Hawkinson. And Justin Jefferson, who is an MVP candidate. For any great quarterback, they're going to need great talent to support them so they can put up the production. So for Jalen Hurts, man, I think it's so straightforward. You look at the total yards and what he's meant to this team. Even when things aren't going so well, you have to give him the nod above Patrick Mahomes in my eyes. But at the same time, I'm not trying to take any, anything away from Mahomes because he too has had himself an MVP caliber season. So, quick question for you guys. is just looking for, like, a yes or no. So, do, are you guys, basically, if you guys had a vote for MVP, your guys' vote would be for Jalen Hurts? Absolutely, man. Justin? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn, more so because with the two weeks out, Patrick Mahomes has been Patrick Mahomes. So, I feel like, you know, minus two games could slightly put Pat Mahomes over the edge. Now, that's just how voters go for it. Me, personally, I would vote for Hurts. But do I see him winning the MVP now with these two games out? It's it's iffy because it might even be three. So Yeah, yeah. so that that's where I come in. I mean, before the injury, I had Mahomes as my MVP just simply due to the fact. I mean, John mentioned Jalen Hurts gets A.J. Brown. You take Tyreek Hill away from Patrick Mahomes, and Mahomes is – Throwing for 5,000 yards for the second time in his career. He's got 40 touchdowns. I think he's got somewhere, uh, I forget, eight interceptions or something like that, maybe 10. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's actually uh, 12 interceptions. 12 interceptions, okay. I can read off the stats to you in a minute. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Five, I think it's 5,000. Yes, yeah, so he's got 5,000 yards, which leads the NFL, 315 mm -hmm. yards per game. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. I like at the total yardage. So Mahomes this year, yeah, he's got 5K passing. For Hertz, he's got 3,400 passing, and get this over a thousand. Or not now, sorry, four seven hundred forty-seven, which gets him to four thousand. So less touchdowns, a thousand less yards. But you look at the before and the after, and the fact that he's limiting turnovers, 
only seven interceptions on the season. No, five, excuse me. We got also look at fumbles too. And if you're going to add Jalen Hurts' rushing yards, then you got to add Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards too, which is probably around 200 or something like that, 300. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I mean, you read the numbers off there. Even with the rushing yards, he easily clears Jalen Hurts in that. And my whole point was what I first stated was you gave Jalen Hurts A.J. Brown and you took away Tyreek Hill from Patrick Mahomes and just look at what he's been able to do. So, And especially now with the two games gone, possibly three, uh, there's just no way you can give Jalen Hurts. This is very similar to uh, the Brady-Wentz um, uh, MVP run towards the end of the season where a lot of people thought Carson was going to win MVP. I, I was not one of those people. I thought Brady uh, should have been MVP, rightfully so. And then he got he gets injured. Brady go uh, plays the last three games, I think it was, and he wins his MVP. So I think once you start missing games, especially at the end of the season, uh, you're not going to get the nod as MVP. And then especially looking at Jalen's last performance against the Bears when he did get injured, you know, 52 QBR, two interceptions. Yes, he had 17 for 61 with three touchdowns, but. Again, that's that's really is what is causing this buildup of injuries. And what I've said about running and rushing quarterbacks is when you 17 carries for your quarterback, man, that's a lot, dude. That's that's a lot. That's more than Miles Sanders only got 11. That's a lot of carries and a lot of toll taken on somebody's body, especially Jalen, who I know he he packs a punch in terms of um, uh, thickness, but you know he's still slight compared to like the bigger quarterback. So. You just got to be wearisome of him. Now, I will. I do want to say before, uh, if we are about to move on, I, Jalen Hurts, um, I know I've kind of, I don't want to say diminished, but I, I've I've slowed the roll a little bit on Jalen. You guys have, have really, you know, propped him up. John's talked to him as an elite passer of the football, where I, I just don't believe that at all. Exactly. I believe he's, he's become a good passer of the football, and I think that's a tremendous jump from what he was before that. Becoming good from when he was, basically terrible he was not good at throwing the football um so yeah i just want to see consistency i i do believe in jalen's intangibles i believe what's in here it's it's really the consistency throwing the football and staying healthy is what are my concerns about jalen hurts and i i just need to see that and i think we saw a little bit of it right here the injury and how is he going to look when he comes back? If he misses this Giants game, like I said a couple weeks ago, and let's say they win and get the number one seed, he's going to be off for, what's that, three weeks, uh, the wild card, and then he's coming back. So that's five weeks off of football, and you're coming off an injury to your throwing shoulder. And even if you play against the Giants, what if you re-aggravate that injury or just, you know, not even taking a hit, just throwing the football 30 times the, uh, for the game? It's just, it's a slippy slope. It's a very slippy slope. To be fair, everybody's hurt in this point in the season. Everybody's aching. Josh yeah, Allen's worked his way off of the UCL. And of course, the what I would game. say, John, the difference between that, I, I understand everybody's hurt. Yes, you can use that. Injury and being hurt are different. Jalen's dealing with an injury. Josh is dealing with an injury. Um, Brady is probably hurt. He's not injured. You know, uh, the Rogers is dealing with injuries. There's difference between that. So it's just, and you can see the correlate. I mean, Josh Allen, he has not, he's not played as well as everybody thought he was going to play. And you've seen the missed throws since the injury happened. Aaron Rodgers, you've seen the missed throws, the injuries are happening. It's just, it's a little bit different. 
I'd still say Josh Allen is having an MVP season. Josh Allen's got him. I mean, in respect to, of course, Monday night game, he was looking really good in those last couple of weeks leading Mm -hmm. up. And honestly, it sounds crazy, but by playing through that, it looked like he was actually progressing, getting healthier and healthier. The the guy has over 4,000 passing yards, over 700 rushing yards, and just about the same amount of touchdowns combined uh, as Patrick Mahomes. I think he's at like 39, 40 almost. So yeah, but he uh, I, I don't think Josh Allen's that far out of the conversation as well. Plus when you throw into the mix, the potential to get the number one seed, uh, I think that also calls for uh, some debate. If we were to exclude a record because Hertz is 13 and one, I think you can make a very straightforward case. The most valuable players in football, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe Tom Brady, honestly, and then yeah. then who? Burrow, the next guy? Burrow, yeah. I mean, Burrow's he also has an insane team. He has, but he, remember the performance when Jamar was injured. He yeah, had and Joe Mixon too was injured. Winning. Yeah, so you got to put Burrow in that conversation too. Obviously, Mahomes, like you said. Are we going to have an actual conversation about, you know, I- I'm really tired of MVP just going to just quarterbacks. Or just the biggest name because, you know, for instance, this is a, a big baseball argument that uh, Mike Trout for the Angels oh, wins these MVPs. But what is he truly valuable to, you know, he plays for a team that never makes the playoffs. Just a very good good player that a, a legend, I may say, but never plays in the biggest stage. Because I can give credit to so many players that I feel are s- s- more valuable to their team than some others. For instance, uh, Trevor Lawrence could instantly be an MVP consideration if we're really taking face value for what that word, what those words really mean. You know, the most valuable player to that team uh, is Trevor Lawrence. That's where I think it differs, though, because you also do have to take in in, in consideration team success. Uh, and his record is not what the other guys' record are. Now, for me, I agree with you. Do, do other players need to get consideration, not just quarterbacks? Because it is, well, let's just be honest, it's a quarterback award now. It is. And it's because of the era we live in, the passing-centric era, uh, and how valuable quarterbacks are. When you look at a team, usually, majority of the time, quarterback is the most valuable player on that team. He's the most important player. Um, so is it fair? No. And, and it's it's just – it's the way it is. I mean, the, the last person to win MVP that wasn't a quarterback was Adrian Peterson. He had to he, – he didn't – he had to almost break the uh, the record, uh, Eric, Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record. Chris Johnson, when he went, ran for 2,000 yards and had that insane season, he didn't win MVP. Peyton Manning did. Um, so it, it's it's a difficult discussion to have because you have to have this ex- historically great season. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that kind of, you know, J.J. Watt, uh, Aaron Donald, Cooper uh, Jared Allen, to name one, who had 22 sacks in the season, t- uh, almost tying the record, and they don't even get the consideration. Yeah, I, I'm looking at guys like like Nick Bosa, like Justin Jefferson, who see, their see what we have on to have is because I don't think that they're ever going to change. That. I think the MVP is going to be a quarterback award because, and for me, I agree with that because when I look at teams, the most valuable player is a quarterback. Uh, it's it's hard for me like the top five quarterbacks for me to take those guys out and put a 
you know, Aaron Donald in there or a um, Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa or TJ Watt. I I'm sorry. They just don't impact the game the same way as the quarterbacks do. So, so then what about a team like San Francisco? Who's the MVP? Well, okay. So are you talking for singular? T I thought we were talking about the whole. The, the oh, no, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that whole thing. That's but like, issue, there's, there's an MVP for, for every team. There is an MVP is. for every team, but it's just when we're talking about the entire award, now we're comparing. So you would probably put Nick Bosa, right? Well, he missed mm -hmm. games. His sacks are not – I don't think he leads the league in sacks. And then when you compare him to a Jalen, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, guys like that, it, it doesn't stack up. Real it, it just doesn't. Go ahead. So a couple of things. You guys had a lot. Nick Bosa actually – 17 and a half sacks in 15 games. That is the league lead right oh, now. Okay. Fun fact, you mentioned Jared Allen before. His 2011 season when he had 22 sacks, that was the year the Vikings actually only won three games. Mm -hmm. The following season with Leslie Frazier, they won 10, and Jared Allen had 14. The MVP award is so backwards, in my opinion. As NFL fans and as sports fans itself, we like to really praise the best team and we say if you're the best player on the best team and you a average 30 points per game or b throw for yay yards you're the mvp no that's not necessarily how it works the mvp is the most valuable player at the context of how much wins you are driving for trevor lawrence he's eight and eight in the season so he's not mvp with justin jefferson 1700 yards leads the league he's been amazing he's an mvp candidate but Look at a game like Green Bay where Jair Alexander puts on a masterclass, and you see inherently Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. In the grand scheme of things, it's just not big enough for as great a season Genesis had to drive true elite level football because the Vikings have an awful defense and Kirk Cousins will have performances like that. All that being said, my question for you, Jay Ray, you think Jalen Hurts is MVP, right? Yeah. I agree with you. What makes Jalen Hurts the MVP over Mahomes, who has more yards and more tees? I'm putting you on the spot. What do you think exactly? Okay, that's fine. I, one, um, I'm a big – it's like the NBA, you know. LeBron James isn't winning the MVP over and over again. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP over and over again. I think from where the Philadelphia Eagles were the last couple of seasons and to where they are today also takes into account this, how, how the MVP should be voted. Where was this franchise before Jalen Hurts was playing this way? He elevated an entire franchise into not only a playoff team, but a Super Bowl contender. And, and I think that deserves some respect. The guy's putting up MVP numbers. He's the clear face and leader of that team. Could you have said that last year? The leader? I feel like he was a leader last year. But were you looking at him as the face of the Philadelphia Eagles? You were going in there so confident saying, this is the guy for the future. Probably not. And, well, and, and and Brandon going into the season wasn't so high on Jalen Hurts either. So that's what I'm saying. What he did this year, what we've come to see from Patrick Mahomes is, is what Patrick Mahomes is. We know that. We're going to see the big numbers. And you know what? Praise to him, bro. You got to give him all the love and give him his flowers for it because he can outright win an MVP every single season. But that's what we've come to expect. Uh, now, from the Philadelphia Eagles standpoint, like I said, what they were last year, what they were the year before that, dealing with all the Carson Wentz stuff, firing Doug Peterson, and here they are, potentially winning the number one seed, getting a bye week in a in a stacked NFC. I, I got to give respect. I, I'm I'm giving credits to the quarterbacks that are about to be in there, but 
No, I know. I, I was just saying the stacked and it's not the, the NFC is not what we thought it was going to be. It really isn't. It's weak. I guess I have more respect for the 49ers and Tom Brady than. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I have respect why. for those teams, but I mean, if we're going to be honest, it, it hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. We, people thought the Saints were going to be up mm. there. The Rams have been a disappointment. The Packers, even though they're on a run, they have not been the team. The Vikings are still fraudulent. But we just that's, that, that's the point of the playoffs. Everybody's zero and zero. No, I understand that. I'm just saying it hasn't been – the NFC has not been what we thought it was going to be. Now, but in terms of your – see, I don't like that, what you said, uh, which is we expect Mahomes. So it's kind of like – it's like, no, if – it's like the Michael Jordan effect, the LeBron effect, like you said. No, no, no. If you're the best player, then you get the damn award. But that's not how it works. But especially – well, it should because that's what it is. You're right, but Tom Tom Brady hasn't won all – Tom Brady probably deserves more MVPs than he should. A hundred percent. So does so does uh, Drew Brees deserves an MVP on his his mm-hmm. resume. So does LeBron deserves more MVPs. We agree with that. But what I'm saying is, in terms of Mahomes, he is putting up these phenomenal numbers. So it's really it's got to be a direct comparison between Jalen and Mahomes. And when you say look at where. Jalen has brought the Eagles. Well, look at where Patrick has kept the the Chiefs. If okay. Mahomes was off the Chiefs, do you think that they would even be in any games this year? They'd be like a five one team. That's what I'm saying. I, like the I, Eagles, I have at least they have a Andy Reid to say that they. You have respect for Andy yeah. Reid. You have respect for Chad Henney, though. Who, who's to say if they? You really think point. if Patrick Mahomes is not there going into the season, who are they going to pick up? Cam another Newton? option. Well, Cam Newton? If you go from elite. Top of the line quarterback to mid tier backup with no bridge. But I understand like Teddy Bridgewater okay. in Kansas so City. Let's I go like this. Let's do. Let's do this. Let's look at the Cowboys play. game. Let's look at the I'm Cowboys just, game the Eagles sorry. just played. Let's look at the Cowboys game. Do you think if Patrick, because this is equal, both both wouldn't have their quarterback. If Patrick Mahomes didn't play against the Cowboys that week, how would that game be even close? The cow, no, the Cowboys would have blew them off the field. That game was thirty-four to what forty, mm-hmm. and it took four turnovers for the Cowboys to beat the Eagles with a backup QB. That is another direct correlation to show you that it's yes, it's a great team. They didn't get the job done, which gives Jalen that credit. But you got to give credit to how great that team is around yeah, him. And absolutely. Again, my main point. My Somebody main has point, to elevate that. I understand that, but my I, I gave him that credit. But again, they still came up short. My main point is you gave Jalen A.J. Brown and you took away Hill from Patrick Mahomes and he's still putting up numbers and like his he's only won one MVP, Patrick Mahomes. He's not a four-time, three-time, two-time. He's only won one MVP and it was mm-hmm. that his first year starting. And he's putting up the similar numbers that he did the first his first season starting with those guys. Yeah. With those guys, without Tyreek Hill now. I, I just... I can't get around. I can't get around that point. Listen, I, I'm not. I'm not going to argue that for the simple fact. Like I said, you can make an argument for Patrick Mahomes every single season. Yes, he's kept the he's kept the Chiefs afloat, but also he has one of the greatest head coaches of all time by his side, one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Whereas Nick Sirianni came into the league or came into head coaching spotlight with people making fun of him because of his press conference, people yeah. thinking he was going to be an absolute joke. So nobody knew what we were getting out of the Eagles. So that's why I'm saying this Eagles team, I don't think anybody had them pinned for a number one seed. Nobody. But I think we can agree that Nick Sirianni's coach of the year this year. 
Yeah, I don't think so. Actually, I, I'd I say well, he, he's, he's definitely. Well, what, guys? Well, no, 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 no. You know what? No, no. I'm I'm with John there because you can make definite arguments for Brian Dabble. You can make it for Doug Peterson, uh, a bunch of other teams too. So I, I won't jump on that bandwagon just yet. You want to know why I don't think Patrick Mahomes is MVP? As you said, Jay Ray, great point. Jalen Hurts not only produced at an elite level, he's a leader of this team like Mahomes, but you look at the Chiefs' season, they've had an easier schedule in terms of strength of schedule than the Eagles, in spite of the Eagles coming in one of the easiest. Their two biggest games, first the Bengals and the Bills, they lost. And Patrick Mahomes did not play well in those games. Sure, he's had a great season, I'm not taking any credit away from him. But if we're going to talk about the MVP, really what it comes down to is what player tells the story of this season? What player really defines this regular season? Seven years from now, how will we remember 2018? Oh, that's Patrick Mahomes' breakout. 2022 to me, and into 2023, it's quite clear. It's Jalen Hurts. It's not Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes, like I said before, and as you said, everyone knows, he's sustained an elite-level team. That means something. But when you look at this regular season, Jalen Hurts' jump and the winning, the accumulation of talent around him certainly helps. But in spite of that, they haven't won the last two weeks. They lost to a Saints team that is, I don't think the Saints are good still. I know they had a good game. I, don't, I know it's a tough matchup. You look at stories and what defines the season. I think to me, Jalen Hurts has been the most important player and honestly the defining characteristic of the NFC that basically if he is healthy, they're going to the Super Bowl. If he's not healthy, they're maybe losing in the in the wild in the uh, divisional round. Yeah. Uh, sorry for my screen froze uh, a couple minutes ago for like thirty seconds, so I didn't hear it fully, but I caught the uh, tail end of your spiel, John. Um, but yeah, again, I, I just for me with uh, Mahomes and Hurts, I just I can't get over that fact. I, I think you guys are more making the argument, I don't know if you guys realize that you're making more of the argument of most improved player, which I don't think is an award in the NFL because you're looking at the the, the jump he made. Um, so for me, I guess we just disagree where, again, my main point is you give A.J. Brown to Jalen Hurts, you take away time, and you talk storylines, John, that was a major storyline going into the season. You know a lot of people question, are the Chiefs going to be the best team in the AFC West? Are the Chargers here? Are the Broncos here? Are the Raiders here? You know, Tyreek Hill is gone. Is Patrick Williams going to have another down season? A lot of questions were going in, and he shut all those haters up week one, having that magnificent performance. So I, I just, I can't, I, I, I can't, man. And especially when you stack up the numbers, even but, with the rushing yards, they don't. He easily clears him in, in, in just passing yards. You're not even adding Mahomes' rushing yards, touchdowns. But, I think it's what thirteen rushing touchdowns and twenty five passing touchdowns. So that's Hertz 30. is thirty five. The Mahomes forty. In total, also got to keep in mind Hertz yeah. has missed the last two games as well. He has, and, and but then again, but we're making the argument for MVP, and that takes into consideration the argument being injured and being out. You got to be healthy for your team. So okay, but I mean, it's not affecting them that much. It's not like a big injury where they, they, they went on a, a four or five game stretch without him. It's, it's two games at the end of the season with locked up playoff spots. Uh, so n not as much at stake. I mean, if you want to say the number one seed is that important to this team, then okay, we can have that argument. But Well, the MVP is still at stake, though. That, yeah, that's the MVP is still at stake, but I think him missing those two games even goes to show you so much about his MVP conversation. You'd rather... you'd. 
you make that. You'd rather see him on the field. I get exactly. that. That's that's but, my whole point. But you see, that, but yeah. the questions that you have are, oh, you know, this is a great team too. Uh, yes. Him, AJ Brown's on this team. Well, you know, without him at quarterback, you just saw two L's. Uh, turnover friendly football. Uh, Gardner Minshew against the Saints couldn't get the ball out quick enough. Was just not uh-huh. quick, especially in that first half. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know the Eagles were on on the field playing offense that game. Um, no. It was a terrible performance. So I just that, it's it's a massive massive difference when you have an MVP caliber player in the fold. So I mean, yeah, I get what you meant when you said it sounds like you guys are arguing most improved. But sure, if you want to say he's most improved player, he definitely is. But that most improved player is also playing like an MVP. It's not just his game got better. His game got astro- astronomically better. So mm-hmm. got to give credit where credit's due. It's going to be a tight race. Like I said, I even think Josh Allen has a, a say in this one too. So Burrow does too. That is true. I yeah, think Burrow has a pretty good underrated case, if you ask me. Now, Brandon. So Yes, John. I said come into last week, and I said in the last couple of weeks, Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers would win the NFC South. Looking back now, I look at Sam Darnold's performances, and I've been impressed. Uber impressed. Yeah. Oh, Uber, bringing that word back. But, you know, the Buccaneers, a team that was struggling to even get up ahead against the Panthers, without their best defensive player in J.C. Horn, they did what you could have expected. They came back. Tom Brady threw three touchdown passes to Mike Evans, who had over 200 yards, capping off, or just about capping off the season with 1,100. We could talk about Mike Evans' 1,000-yard season streak, which is something else. Nine straight. We're going to nine straight. Yes, that's right. I'm really disappointed in Carolina, before we even jump into, into Tampa Bay. Carolina is, in my opinion, a team that should be in the playoffs right now. If J.C. Horn is healthy, you guys do not win that game. I am sorry, but in all due respect, Mike Wait. Evans torching C.J. Henderson to me, it, it's not moving the needle for me at all. Wait. And Wait. I, I look at a Panthers defense that has been really stout, an offensive line that has really shut up in recent seasons. I know you don't want to give them credit for that, but... They've improved pretty sizably this last offseason on the line. And then you look at the play of Sam Darnold. Man, I, the thing that really disappoints me the most is that J.C. Horn injury because yeah, Buccaneers right now would not be in the playoffs. Let's be clear. If J.C. Horn is healthy, the Bucs do not make no, it. All right, John, time out. And the time second thing is I expect a little bit more fire uh, with Steve Wilkes coming in and really being that that – I guess this, what would you even call it? The rah rock type of personality really setting the tone? Yeah. Motivator. Uh, motivator, if you will. John, hold the Buccaneers on. Buccaneers have okay, won the NFC South. No, but, but let's be clear. I'm pretty disappointed right now. Let's be very clear, though. You keep talking J.C. Horn. You realize who was out for the Buccaneers on their side of the field, right? Their best cornerback in Carlton Davis was injured. And you don't, I don't care if you don't want to stack them up in terms of talent where J.C. Horn's better. I'm not going to argue that. But in terms of value to their team, best corner, best corner out. You want to go even deeper. Was Shaq Barrett on that field their best pass rusher? No, he's been out for how many weeks? So we can go tit for tat with these injuries, and I think you'd lose that, that debate when it comes to the Buccaneers because they've been much more injury ravaged. Now, I mean, what you did tell me is that 
the Panthers have had an elite run game over these last, you know, uh, how many of her many games Steve Wilkes has been in um, uh, as interim head coach. Uh, just for clarification, the, the Panthers ran for 74 total yards on the Buccaneers. All right, so that run defense can still show up for the Buccaneers when it needs to. And you said Sam Darnold has been impressive to you. And I'll give Darnold his credit. Credit is due. He's played well. He also played well for three straight games last year, and then he went back to being Sam Darnold. And in this game, the Panthers-Bucks game, I just was like, just wait. Darnold's going to Darnold. He's going to make his mistakes. And what did he do? He made those mistakes. Did he make great throws? Yes, and I gave him that credit. But he's going to Darnold, and he's going to make those mistakes, and he's always going to leave you wanting more. He's not the guy, okay? And I I, I mean, for the for the, this was the – I love how it literally took the Buccaneers to win this division for you to finally be like, okay, the Buccaneers – are going to win this division because you, you started off with the saints before the season. <laughs> then you had a little three, four game spell with the Falcons. Then you moved on to the Yes, you did. Then you moved on I to the know. Carolina Panthers. Now you're finally like, okay, they've clinched it. The bucks are going to win this division. So it, it's just, it's, it's very laughable this whole season, John, when it comes to the NFC South and you, it's very laughable because you tried at every turn, you tried to say, no, it's this team. No, it's this. It's not going to be Brady again. He's done. Just go home. Leave. He's not going anywhere. And John's you know, picked everybody, everybody in that division, but except, the for the Bucks. <laughs> except for the Bucks. That's what I'm saying. And he's still probably, he, it, he's, he may try to make the argument that he doesn't even want to pick the Bucks now and they clinched it. He's like, the Panthers would have won if they had J.C. Or, damn it. All I've said is that when you give Brady a close game, he can find a way to get the job done. And what I've said all season and what I've said is that I'm sticking on the boat and I will go down with the ship with the Bucks. They are still my Super Bowl prediction this year. I'm going down with the ship. They are rolling into the play. Now, the Arizona game was terrible, but they, a win is a win is a win, as they say. All right, they got a win. They're 2-0 right now. They're going to uh, to face Atlanta next week. I forget if that game's in Atlanta or Tampa Bay. Atlanta. Atlanta. I expect the Buccaneers are going to play their starters. Let's let's be very clear. Tom Brady's playing. Uh, he's already said this. is the, There's no question about it. Um, the Buccaneers are going to beat the, the, the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to go three straight wins, 3-0, rolling into the playoffs. Hopefully they play a great game and they can continue this momentum that they started with the, the Panthers playing their, I think we can agree, their best offensive game of the season. Um, Brady had his best game of the season and you want to continue that momentum. Momentum is huge in the NFL. They're getting healthy at the right time. When you have 12 as your quarterback and you're going into the playoffs and it's do or die games, it's win and you are you're keep going, lose and you're out. I believe in number 12, the greatest of all time, to get the job done. Anything is possible with that guy under center. So you think that the Cowboys want to go to Tampa Bay? You think the Eagles want to go to Tampa Bay for a week one, uh, for the uh, wild card round? You think any team wants to see Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No. No, they want somebody else to do the dirty work. Well, he's in 14 straight playoff appearances, I believe it is. Or division title uh, uh, wins, something like that. I forgot what it was. Stop counting this brother out, John. Stop. 
But it, it, he's so right, man. Nobody wants to run into Tom Brady in the Bucks. I think the NFL has way too much respect for Tom to say, oh, yeah, I want to face Tampa Bay this week in the playoffs. No, no, the hell you don't. No, the hell you don't. Because if they're healthy and, and you know, we've been waiting for that one game. And, I, and I've been saying it, I'm waiting for that one game for Brady to really explode and not throw have to throw 50 passes and, and, and barely scratch 300 yards to, to win a game or, or, you know, his receivers just not be on the same page as him. It was nice to see Mike Evans and him clicking, him and Godwin clicking. Did you see the deep balls that he was throwing in that game? I don't Justin, know if that, if that guy is 25 or, or 45. Justin, what I just got to say about Mike Evans, he he hit the guys with the the the, the – the classic move, and it's more of a basketball move. John might know it. I call it the Dwayne Wade special, uh, where you fake like you're, you know, you're slowing down. You're not going to do anything. You just explode out of nowhere. That's what Mike was hitting those guys with. He was slow and laboring, and then he just boom. I'm, I'm open now. You, you lull him to sleep, as they say. So yeah, I mean, those deep bombs where they were hitting their connection, Justin. Yep. And, and Mike, you got to give respect to Mike Evans, man. He's so underrated. I think that's nine straight seasons of a thousand yards, and he joined some elite company with Jerry Rice. And I forgot who else was on that list. Randy and Larry Fitzgerald are right yeah. above him as the as the only people to do that. So that that's big names, you know. Mike Evans falls really under the radar when it comes to you know the top flight receivers in this league. But year in and year out, he's one of the biggest red zone threats. And he's always cracking over a thousand yards every single season. I think we got to give some respect to him because yo, he shows up every single season. He made my boy one of my favorite college football players of all time, Johnny Menzel, first round pick. He then goes to Tampa with James Winston and still pass heavy, pass happy offenses, but even still. You look at Evans' consistency through these years as a testament to his durability, never played less than 13 games, and really that, that presence he plays. You allude to the stop-and-go move before. The guy is, you know, one of the best contest, contest catch receivers I've ever seen. The funny thing with Evans is he's one of the most respected receivers because of that consistency, but I kind of wonder, has Mike Evans at any point really been like a, a top-five receiver? I always feel like he's he's been top-10 you know, a little bit trending toward the low end wide receiver number one, but I think that's the reason why people don't pay him enough respect because yeah. he's had these 1,000, uh, 1,200 yard seasons, but only in one year he's had more than 1,300. That was 2018, where he had 15, 24, and eight TDs. The Bucks. John, I do want to. I do want to. Like I do want to talk about. Uh, we've talked about the Bucks, but the other side, the Carolina Panthers, and you have it in the notes right here. I hope we can all agree on this. Um, I know there's rumors out there that Harbaugh and da uh, David uh, Dave Temper, what's his name, the owner of the Panthers? David Tepper. David Temper, Tepper, whatever the hell. This the Tepper. Jabroni. Jabroni is what we should call him. He's apparently had a conversation. It wasn't an interview. It was just a dinner. I mean, okay, however you want to label it. Um, I think Steve Wilkes deserves this job. Uh, I think he's done a tremendous job with this Carolina Panthers. There's, I mean, you guys were laughing at me for even thinking the Panthers could be a playoff team before the season. And then John jumped on the bandwagon late in the season, said they can be a playoff team. Steve Wilkes has done a tremendous job. This team has played with passion and fire for him. He deserves this job. And not only that fact, but how he was done in Arizona. Disrespectful. He deserves a shot in this league. 
um, and he deserves to be the Carolina Panthers uh, head coach. I don't know if he's going to get it because of uh, Tepper, and he really wants that splashy name. Uh, he tried to get Matt Rule, even though Matt Rule didn't do really anything in college. Uh, and now he's trying to get Jim Harbaugh, and maybe we'll talk about Jim Harbaugh. Maybe not this episode, but we'll get into him maybe when the season's over and we start getting uh, some what job openings are going to be. But I just quick, uh, I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh should come to the NFL this season because I don't like any of the jobs that will be available. That's just me. Uh, but yeah, Steve Wilkes deserves this job in Carolina. He deserves it. I sorry, you go ahead first. No, go for it, Joe. I agree with you on the fact that Steve Wilkes in Arizona was done wrong. He probably does deserve an opportunity. But this was the biggest game the Panthers have had in how many years? Four, five, six almost. And for you to lose this game when you're so close to the playoffs. For me, Steve Wilkes had to win that game to get the job. And for Wilkes, this means more than any other opportunity because as a Carolina native, somebody that's really been a fixture in the organization, it just means more, as Craig Golson said on the broadcast. Or I'm not sure if it was Craig Golson. It might have been somebody else. It's more than just being one of 32. So yeah. I understand that, and there is kind of that that little side story. But ultimately for the Panthers, you need to find the guy that can lead this organization. Can that be Wilkes? I, I, it feels like Rich Passaccia kind of flashed here, but he just didn't get the job done. So if you can get let's say, a Jim Harbaugh here, and you, you pay out the wazoo, right? Then, yeah, I would by all intents and purposes because the one thing the Panthers really lack as an organization is that steadying voice because they have the talent. The offensive line and defense have come together. At this point, it's all about kind of taking the Detroit approach where you build a high-level team in the quarterback. Is Steve Wilkes the guy, to be honest with you? I think he's a safe candidate. But if I could get a, a more splash name, let's say like a D'Amico Ryans, I, I think I would consider it. With that being said, if you don't promote or at least remove the interim tag from Steve Wilkes, he's gone. He's not, I, I, at least in my eyes, Ryan's pure speculation. For a guy that wants this job so much, if you don't give it to him like Passaccia, he's not staying. So there is that side of the story. Ultimately for Carolina, I think he'd be like the second or third option for me personally. So the real question in Carolina outside of head coach is, do you guys think Sam Donald has earned his spot as at least to fight for the number one spot next season? Because I, I would say, I think he's been, he's three and two since he's mm -hmm. took over the starting job since Baker left. Uh, he's thrown one interception, which is so odd for Sam Donald this whole Four way. fumbles though, keep in mind that. One loss. So, I, I mean... What do you guys think? Is Sam I, Donald the guy for uh, Well, no, he's not. In my opinion, he's not the guy. He's what Sam Donald is, and uh, he can have good performances, but at the end of the day, he's going to leave you wanting more. Uh, you know what you're going to get with Sam Donald. Uh, I think that they're probably going to give him another opportunity because they invested a second-round pick and a couple other picks in him, and he has, you know, like I said, I gave credit. He has made very good throws. Uh, so I think they're going to give him an opportunity. I don't think he's the long-term answer. No. So he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. If I'm Carolina, I'm not throwing a parade for trading the three picks to get him. You have Matt Corral, who missed all this season with a Liz Frank injury. You, can you go into next season with your top two quarterbacks being Matt Corral and Sam Darnold? Uh, I'm not sure. 
That's that's a great question to have for the uh, new head coach here who's going to have to be really talked into this job. So with that being said, I look at Darnold's. We know the talent is there. He's not an elite talent. The issue has always been turnovers, decision-making, and accuracy. And I still feel like the turnovers are an issue to some extent. Though he only has one pick, he has all the fumbles, and that does not help his case. And it's also a small sample size. We saw with Geno Smith, it took him seven years to really have that transformative season. But who knows what Geno's going to look like next season? Because these last couple of weeks, he's taken a step back. I think the bigger question here is, what would you pay Sam Darnold? For me, I'm giving him the Mitch Trubisky contract and not much more. It should be like two years, $15 million. I'm not paying him more than $10 million because in this stage of his career, I feel like he just he's, he's showing the flashes, but there's no consistency. And hence, he's a backup, he's a backup quarterback. I think, and I think he's a pretty good backup quarterback. Uh, somebody who can come in there and provide a little stability. Uh, somebody who's not going to be that, uh, you know, like people don't want a Baker Mayfield as the backup or a Cam Newton or a Tebow just because of their personality. Sam Darnold, you're not going to have that problem. He's, you know, a quiet kid. And that was actually one of the problems of being a leader of a franchise. You, you Being quiet, you better be like Kawhi freaking Leonard and ball the hell out if you're going to be a quiet leader. Or Kevin Durant, you better be a quiet, you know, ball out if you're going to be that way. So I think, but listen, Sam Donald is a good backup quarterback and provides you stability. So if you want to go in with him, I mean, I just looked at it. Right now, Carolina is slotted as the uh, ninth pick, I guess, in the draft, they would say. So they still have a top 10 pick. Um, there's some teams that obviously want quarterbacks. I'm not very high on the quarterback class. Some decisions to be made. I just hope Jim Harbaugh doesn't go here because, I mean, he would have had Minnesota last year. I mean, you can't go from a Minnesota team like that to Carolina this year. It's just, oof. I'll be honest. I think the only thing Carolina is really missing is the quarterback. I, I agree. I, I feel like – I don't feel like Carolina is such a bad spot to end up, and especially when what you expect to be paid, what, what Harbaugh, we expect him to be paid. He's going to be given control of this franchise too, so he's going to have, you know, all say of who goes where, what what's coming in, what's coming out. Uh, that's that's going to be all on him. So I, I don't think Carolina is such a bad spot. But shout out to Sam Donald. I'm not going to let you guys just disrespect him. I think bearded Sam Donald. I think he looks very different. He's playing a different brand of football. Uh, he's only 25 years old, mm -hmm. and I get it. This is his fifth year in the league, but we've seen people just you know with the right situation. Just flip a script. So, yeah, you guys see him as solely a backup quarterback. I'm not going to rule that out and say that. He's a starter? I think he has a chance to be. I'm not going to lie. You're on mute, John. David Tepper, according to reports, is ready to open the head coaching position and have discussions with Jim Harbaugh. Jim went to San Francisco, really helped transform Alex Smith's career, and the process jettisoned the team that really struggled before him to Super Bowl heights. Just want to add that to that. And then but exactly what you mentioned, what, that's exactly why I mentioned Harbaugh there. Because I feel like, why not? Why can't he have an Alex Smith-like re revelation? I mean, all it takes is one head coach. You got some great weapons on the outside. Alex and you're gonna Smith, I, I'm not too sure on this job might be more clear on this i don't think alex smith struggled with turnovers early in the season again i could be completely wrong but it's just i don't know i i mean 
maybe if if I was back in that time period, I would be agreeing with you. And you know, Alex Smith would look a lot like a, a Sam Donald. It's just from what I've seen with Sam Donald, man. Why even take the chance? I, I just, I mean, even at his best, what do you think he can be? The twenty fifth, the best quarterback in the NFL, the twenty fourth. Like that's not impressive or anything. I mean, he's never going to be better than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's a that's good quarterback. I, I, I do, I that's do think saying, that, I do think there's a chance that he could have a career quite like that. I like I said, it's all about situation. I mean, if I rewinded the clock back to 2019, at the end of the season, Jets fans and you know NFL fans were more optimistic on, hey, Sam Donald doesn't look that bad. You know, he he, he looks like there, there's some promise there. The, the problems with him was also injuries that, that he hasn't completed a full season. So you want to see that out of the guy, but I'm not going to lie. Like I said, from what I've seen from him in Carolina to, to close out this season so far, I think they're three and two with him under that under center. They, they, they don't look bad. He looks pretty good. He looks like a different quarterback. This, I don't feel like this is the same Sam Donald that we were watching last season, him forcing, forcing the ball into, into tight coverage or, uh, you know, making these terrible decisions because he, he just went pound for pound with Tom Brady this past Sunday. Oh, I don't think we would have been saying that about Sam Donald the year before that or any year before that. I feel like this is a different guy. I like what you said because for a long time, the Panthers, to me, and this is a, not disrespect to Ron Rivera necessarily, but I feel like when they've, for the last like five years about, they've kind of built up this team more and more. And a couple of years ago, the roster is not good. But now we're at a stage where if Carolina were to hire Jim Harbaugh and he develops Sam Darnold into like a top 25 quarterback, dude, let's say he takes like a, a miniature Geno Smith-like arc. Geno Smith this year was a top 10 quarterback, but with the way Sam Darnold's played, can he throw for 25 TDs, limit the interceptions above 15 and 35 to 4,000 yards or 3,500? Absolutely. And given you have a pseudo number receiver in DJ Moore, pretty good running game, develop an offensive line and much improved defense. That's not, not much improved, but it's stepping up. There's a realistic case next season. The Panthers can be in the same exact position and they're showing this year wasn't a fluke. And they're actually building off that. And maybe they take a jump like a Jacksonville. With the way Doug Peterson's come in really helped Trevor Lawrence, I think this Panthers team is just more balanced. So it's honestly a pretty good opportunity for a coach like D'Amico. D'Amico, I think maybe he's a better assistant. I feel like he should hold himself to a higher standard and a better organization. But for Jim Harbaugh, I feel like he'd be the right offensive guy to save this place. I feel like he would be the right guy to save Sam Darnold's career. And that career arc and that story would be awesome. For D'Amico, I just I don't think he'd necessarily be the perfect fit for him. Well, I mean, that's all up to Harbaugh. I mean, when Harbaugh comes in, he's going to rule the team with an iron fist. So if he, it's really going to be up to if he wants Sam Donald as quarterback, because if he doesn't, Sam Donald's not going to be his quarterback. I don't know if he wants the GM control. I think that's just speculating. And then that's also up to Tepper. Is Tepper willing to give up power? Because you're going to have to give up power. That that was the whole reason he left San Fran, uh, Jim Harbaugh. The uh, front office and the execs were just like can't deal with him anymore he's too much of a headache that was the one time i guess winning didn't solve everything the cowboys are done y'all you're the fifth seed 
they're going to have to play Tampa Bay in the first rounds. It's a done deal. We know that game is going to happen. And I hate well, to break it. We don't it. know. We don't know that. I mean, it's we have a pretty good idea. The fourth first fifth seed. And I look at that matchup, and it is so clear. The Buccaneers are beating the Cowboys. We saw week one when Dak Prescott played. And I feel like for this Buccaneers team, for Chris Godwin to start to build some momentum, Mike Evans having this amazing 200-yard performance, the Buccaneers have a better quarterback, still a top 10 easily guy under center in the league, and one of the best defenses in football. Now, this year, of course, there hasn't been as much consistency around those parts, but there's no way I'm picking Dak Prescott over Tom Brady. No way. And I look at that playoff matchup last year versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I hate to say it, Cowboy fans, but <laughs> Tom Brady's going to do it to y'all. And if he moves to the second round versus a Brock Purdy who has no playoff experience, or Jalen Hurts, who knows how that's going to look, depending on who gets the number one seed, I think there's a realistic case the Buccaneers this year go further than where they went last year. Um, Sounds crazy. I, I, will, I don't no, take pride no, in saying that I'm sick and tired of them, but it is a very real possibility. I don't think NFL fans are necessarily prepared for it. No, they don't want to see that. Um, no. What I will say is if the whoever Tom Brady gets matched up with in the first round, picking the Buccaneers. Um, I actually would probably favor that. Um, I would actually kind of want the Cowboys to lose. I want that scenario because – then it's going to look much better for next season because I think Jerry Jones is going to look at Mike McCarthy and say, okay, um, we can go get an upgrade in Sean Payton. Now it's going to look interesting because Sean Payton has said, Vic Fangio will be my defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator. He's done a pretty good job. Does he get out? Is Calamore going to leave? Interesting discussions that can be had for that one game if the outcome is Tampa beating uh, Dallas. So one thing I do got to say, though, John, that difference in that first game and now the Buccaneers have no pass rush. Shaq Barrett was their pass rush. Their pass rush is, is bottom Joe tier. Joe showing and that's... They're, they're okay. They're okay. They can make some play, you know, uh, that I forget that kid, Anthony Nelson, I believe his name, that made the play on Sam Donald that caused the fumble that really turned the game around and gave the Buccaneers that favorite. Uh, he made a great play, but in terms of that entirety of the game, Sam Donald was, was barely under pressure that game. He was had enough time to sit back and just, you know, really pick apart the defense. And that's a problem, especially the Cowboys have a pretty damn good offensive line. They're getting healthier, and you got no pass rush. If you let those cornerbacks go out there three, four, or five seconds, that is an eternity for C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton, Dalton Schultz to get open. Bad. So, but I would favor the Buccaneers in that game. Just uh, the pass rush is just, oof. Yeah, no, I'm favoring the Bucks. What was the score in week one? 19 to three? 19 to three. Yeah, Dak, I'm, I'm sorry. Dak Prescott can't beat good defenses. I, 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 we also I, got I, injured in that game. game. We got to remember. Uh, yeah, that. but you know what? And, and look at past games against against great defenses. I, I feel like the Bucks defense is going to find their stride come postseason time. I feel like they'll be healthier around then. Uh you know, their playoff spot is already locked up. We know they're in there. If I'm them, second half of this game against the Falcons, I'm resting my players. Make sure everybody's going into that game healthy. I really am because you know what? 
while as we we laugh at this Dallas team, they're capable of beating this Bucks team if if the Bucks have a bad day. But I don't I don't anticipate uh, this Tom Brady led team to roll into the wild card weekend and and just lay a dud. And especially, I can never imagine Tom Brady losing to the Cowboys in a playoff game. I feel like Stephen A. Smith, but I I really cannot picture that in my of all the teams <laughs> no. that Tom Brady's going up against in the playoffs. It's the Cowboys. I expect this to be. I, I expect the Cowboys to to be taking an early trip on vacation. Everybody's going to be taking a trip to Cancun, and we'll be hearing reports on is Dak the guy? Is Mike McCarthy the guy? That's that'll be the the tone uh, on Monday. The only thing that's saving the Cowboys, as Brandon alluded to before when he he paused me, is if they win the NFC East, which would require a win this week and a Philly loss. That would get them the division. But guess what? I think the Eagles are being the Giants. So, you know what? You can say all of this and all of that. We know what's going to happen, y'all. It's already been decided for the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to have to go against Tom Brady in the wild card round. That's not going to go well. Now, I don't know if I'm too sure about that. They can also clinch the number one seed, by the way. The 49ers uh, have to lose. With the San Francisco loss, too. So, let's keep that in mind. The Cowboys can pretty heavily fluctuate and get – if Just the Cowboys get a bye week, guys, let's say everything goes right. San Francisco loss this week, Philly loss, and a W. Are they kind of like the team you're going with in the NFC? I know, Jay, right, you're hiring the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think, BC? I don't – I mean, it makes it a better odd from the win because they're going to be in Dallas. But, again, if depending on who they match up against, uh, if it's Tampa Bay, I'm picking Tampa – if it's Philly, I'd pick the Cowboys to win. Uh, if it's San Francisco, well, if it's San Francisco, that's going to be a tough-ass game. Uh, I'd have to see. I mean, because if San Francisco would lose this this week against Arizona, that's going to drop some big questions. Uh, that's not a game you want to lose. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it changes that much. I just think that they would be – some people would be a little more comfortable with playing in Dallas than obviously on the road. For me, the answer is no. They're the fourth best team in the NFC after the Buccaneers. So, sorry. Yeah, so it's just I, I would actually the fifth best. I think the Packers honestly are better than the Cowboys too. I mean, they definitely, definitely don't want to see the Green Bay Packers. Uh, one seed, one seed, or or, or five seed. I'll be honest with you, Cowboys aren't winning a playoff game. <laughs> Not one. Not one. I I would honestly prefer wow. that because then we can get a Sean Payton in Dallas, and I think that's so much big big time like big time news and a lot of people are going to be like oh yeah dallas is going to arrive now yeah there's no doubt i love that i love that unfortunately it's all a theory for the big america's team talking about who will get the last playoff spot guys so the nfl playoff picture mostly has been arranged not decided but arranged so right now in the AFC, um, with the Bengals-Bills game, a little bit tougher to kind of understand what's going to happen there. We've kind of got the Chiefs at 13-3 and the Bills with the top two seeds. The Bills at 12-3 and um, played one last game. I'm not really too sure what new information we could add there. Third seed is the Bengals. The fourth is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who this week play the Tennessee Titans. This is a game that, you know, 
it's a little bit weird because starting Josh Dobbs, but Derrick Henry getting back into the lineup, there's a chance the Titans still can make the playoffs with a win in Jacksonville. And what a way it would be to spoil this Trevor Lawrence breakout season other than Derrick Henry running all over this Jaguars defense. Humiliating would be the word. Humiliating. No, please, no. No, the sad thing is, I can see it too. I can see this happening. The only people that want to see Tennessee in the playoffs are people that are Tennessee Titans fans. It, it, for the NFL's sake, God, please look. Please don't. Up, Deep breaths. I want to have some perspective. A year ago, the Jaguars were spoiling the Colts season in Week 18. This year, they have a chance to make the playoffs to you two guys who will win this week and decide the fourth seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry and Josh Dobbs or Trevor Lawrence in Duval County. I've been trying to tell you guys from the beginning of the season, I hyped up the Jacksonville Jaguars and they have exceeded even my own expectations. I'm going to have to stick with Duval County. And I'm going to roll with the Jaguars, man. I think Trevor Lawrence is playing out of his mind. He's an MVP candidate in my eyes. Won't win it, but damn sure we know for a fact that Jacksonville has their guy. And they'll be competing, not just for divisional crowns, not just for postseason appearances, but sooner or later they'll be contending for a Super Bowl in the very near future. So I'm going to roll with the Jaguars. This will be Trevor Lawrence's first taste of playoff football. Yes, I agree with Justin. I'm I'm picking the Jacksonville Jaguars doing this game for my sake, for the NFL fans' sake, the NFL community. The Jacksonville Jaguars have to win this game so we don't have to sit through a Tennessee Titans game in the playoffs. We talk about the potential mismatch, which it is Derrick Henry against this Jaguars defense, but how about this explosive Jaguars offense against the Titans secondary missing Christian Fulton? That, to me, with... Jeffrey Simmons being questionable is probably one of the bigger storylines here no one's going to talk about almost. The Jaguars are going to score points against this hopscotch Titans defense. It's been a pretty impressive year by Mike Vrabel. And in spite of Derrick Henry having some fumble issues, Ryan Tannehill dealing with the ankle, losing Ben Jones, your elite center, I feel like for Jacksonville, the time is now. They have finally built a sustainable foundation. And that is why this is just the beginning of them just ripping off one AOC South divisional title after another. I look at the Texans, they're still a few years away. The Titans have flaws inherently that, and plus injuries, I just, a little bit less optimistic. And if the Colts, they're a giant mess. Jacksonville is going to win this division, and I think they're going to score 30 points in this game as well. That's really going to sort out the AFC for the most part, as I look at the seedings, because there's one spot left, my friends. The seventh seed. For a few teams. And hitting in the balance are the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. You heard that, right? Yep. And have the Dolphins been eliminated officially? Can one Not of you correct me? New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh. So this week, what team do you guys want to start off with? Who can get the seventh seed, the last spot after the Baltimore Ravens, who are the current sixth seed, and the Chargers, who clinched last week? a wild card spot as well. Well, I, I think we need to talk about what needs to get done for these teams to actually make the playoffs. There's more at mm-hmm. stake. I believe Pittsburgh needs the Jets win. to win uh-huh. and Buffalo to win. And they yeah. need the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills to beat, beat New England. Mm-hmm. 
And the Bills, okay. keep in mind, there's a lot. I feel so bad for these Bills players mm-hmm. who have to prepare for the Patriots this week while Peter Schrager talked about uh, his show while there's a candlelight vigil for their teammate. So I think Buffalo really this week, it's going to be a tough game as you have to prepare for a new team on the road. I feel like the Bills, though, I feel like they're going to beat the Patriots and spoil their season, uh, to be quite honest with you. I just... As a Steeler fan, that's that's looking at three things that need to happen. Last week, the Steelers needed W. They needed um, the New York Football Jets to lose to the Seahawks, which happened, and they needed the Miami Dolphins to lose against the Patriots, and that also happened. So three of the six things the Pittsburgh Steelers happened, and now, my friends, after starting two and six, my Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance. Let me plug this in real quick. Yeah, you plugged in. Oh no. Um, okay, down goes Frazier. Um, so what John was trying to say is that he expects oh. his Pittsburgh Steelers to make the playoffs because he expects the Dolphins to lose to the Jets. He expects the Patriots to lose to the Buffalo Bills, and he expects his Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the Cleveland Browns and be the seventh seed in the playoffs just to get bounced in the first round. Cause let, let, let's not, oh my let's not turn. No, no, listen, let me finish my statement. Cause you'll see how I come full. circle. I'm about to dog my own team too. It does not matter if the dolphins make it, if the Patriots make it, if the Steelers make it, these, whoever gets the seven seed is getting bounced in the first round. That that's a fact. I'm sorry, but it is okay. None of these three teams are really playoff teams. These teams have been massive disappointments, even though the Patriots, in John's eyes, because he didn't have high hopes from them, have overachieved, and the Steelers have overachieved. overachieved. Now, the Dolphins have underperformed. Um, so it doesn't matter who gets it. They're, they're going to lose in the first round. I just firmly believe that. Now, I know it's a... It's a sore subject, but it is something that we are going to have to discuss. The, the Bills-Bengals game. The NFL has not made a decision on it. Okay, so we this is complete speculation on our part on what's going to happen. I have I really have no inclination of what's going to happen because every time I try to think about it, I just don't know how it how it works in terms of the scheduling because you would I know. The third of the uh, how many teams would be in the playoffs? The fourteen, fourteen teams, but minus the Bengals and uh, Bills would be twelve. So the twelve other teams in the playoffs, I think, would more than be happy to get an extra week off, which I think is the main discussion being happened right now. So after week eighteen, you would push the playoffs back, have the Bengals and Bills play on that game, start at uh, five fifty eight, I believe the time was seven to three, and you know go as as the game was going to go. I don't think any of the other playoff teams are going to have a problem with that because they get an extra week off. Their players get a little healthier. So, but again, we have no idea how it's going to, how it's going to go and how the seeding is going to work out because I mean, I know it seems so minuscule because of DeMar Hamlin um, and maybe we can share the positive. I don't know if you guys saw the the positive update that Adam Schefter just tweeted about. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you guys right now. It was about um, 15 or tw- uh, 20 minutes ago. Uh, this is from the Bills' official Twitter account. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact 
His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. We are, we are grateful for the love and support we have received. So that's phenomenal news um, in terms of Damar Hamlin. Uh, so, and, and again, to, uh, I hate to just move on from that, but in terms of playoff seating and stuff like that, which is important for these teams, franchises and you know stuff like that, this game is very important to the seeding of the playoffs. So it, it, the NFL is going to have some decisions to to be made, and I don't know what the right decision is. So I would agree. I would think with an extra week eighteen game, it would make sense to push back the playoffs an extra week because to me, having a week eighteen, it doesn't make much sense, and so it's yeah. only right for the players to give them an extra week, and that would give some teams two weeks for a bye. Would some teams want as number one seed? I'm not sure. That's a funny question. A lot of rust. Yeah, a lot of rust. That could, um, I wouldn't want that. So that's that's the only flaw, so to speak, with that issue. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about what the Patriots need, fellas, to make into the playoffs, what is the they scenario? Have the, for they have I the, believe they the just need to win. Road. Yeah, they have the easiest road. They win and they're in. That's a pretty easy road. Um, <laughs> and, and, but, but it's not that easy. It's, yeah, because they're playing the Because they're playing the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. And, and, yeah, and Buffalo has proven to – Score points at will against our, our defense. So and our defense is very uh, secondary wise. Our cornerbacks, Marcus Jones, is he going to come back from a concussion this week? Mm-hmm. Jack Jones is on IR. He's not playing. Jonathan Jones got shaken up last week against the uh, Dolphins. We literally had, and that's what makes the game last week so impressive. About I know it was Teddy Bridgewater and then Skylar Thompson, but those receivers are still elite weapons, and our secondary very hampered held them down. So. Yep. Honestly, so I, the way I'm the way I'm viewing this uh this race, unfortunately, I'm rooting for my team. I'm rooting for the Patriots. I just don't really have that that confidence going into this week. Uh, I think the Bills are playing with heavy hearts, and and I think they're going to come out swinging. Uh, so I, even even without that, uh, I still had more faith in the Bills being able to score on us at will. So I, I think our season will be done. I think Buffalo does beat us. But now the Pittsburgh and Miami one, that's a toss-up. I don't even know if Teddy Bridgewater will be starting. Apparently, I believe he has a dislocated pinky finger. He he can play through that, I'm assuming. But I'm sure that would hamper his throwing just a bit. Mm. Skylar Thompson did not look great against the Patriots whatsoever. Uh, And the Jets' defense, Ken Ball. So that that is a game. That is a toss-up there. And then the Pittsburgh one. Pittsburgh just need, I believe Pittsburgh could go up there and, and beat Cleveland, but will they? Will they? So I, I really, this one's tough. But you know what? I'm gonna say, I think Miami gets into the playoffs. I think they put an end to this terrible stretch of football, and I think they win this game and they get into the postseason. And I'd hope that Tua would be uh, of good health so he can start a playoff game. Mm. That would be really cool. Yeah, I think the for me, the NFC is much more clear in my mind. I don't know if you guys want to move on to the NFC, but for me, it's it's clear. I've been tweeting it for the past week, week and a half. The Green Bay Packers are going to make the playoffs. They're the team that's going to be the seventh seed. I don't I, – I, I look at the Seahawks. I know they have a, a game against the Rams. Rams have been hot and cold. Um, Detroit, Green Bay really is I, – I think Green Bay is going to beat Detroit. They have a head-to-head, so whoever wins that matchup's 
going to get the nod there. So it's really just Seattle versus one of those two teams. And I just think Green Bay is going to get the job done. I think Green Bay does get the job done, but it's, you know, I'm kind of nervous about that one because the Lions, they're going to be playing, you know, with with their hearts heavy, man. The MC with uh, Motor City Dan Campbell, that guy is is going in there to eat. They are they do not care if they're playing and, and their season is is done already. If I'm not mistaken, the Lions should know their fate going into that game. They'll know if they have a chance going into the playoffs or not. Yeah, based on the, game. the Seattle game, right? They need the Seahawks to lose, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So if Seattle yeah, wins, because, yeah, Seattle plays at four o'clock, and the Packers and Lions is the Sunday night game. Okay. And if Seattle wins, the Lions are done. Yeah, because I think it goes yeah. off of um, uh, conference wins. Uh, Seattle would be six and six if they beat uh, the Rams, but if Green Bay wins against Detroit, they'd be seven and five. So I think Green Bay would get the nod there. So I thought I thought it was based on the head to head because Seattle beat Detroit earlier in the season. I was talking about Green Bay because I think oh, Green okay. Bay is going to beat Detroit. I agree. Yes, if 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 Detroit wins and Seattle wins, then Seattle gets in. But if Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, Green, Green Bay gets in. Yeah, yeah, so we made a mistake. Or not okay. a mistake necessarily, but yes, the Lions will know. They just need the Seahawks to lose. If the Seahawks win, well, the Lions would then They'll be playing spoilers. Yeah, to spoil the Green yeah. Bay Packers. And, and, and you know what? I, I really don't think the Lions care. Regardless of what uh, of what happens in that Seattle game, they're going into that Green Bay game ready to, to ruin somebody's season. And I think that is the scariest thing going into this one. The Lions aren't afraid of anybody. They got an offense that can score at will. Granted, this Green Bay defense is playing better, but we've seen moments in time where this Green Bay defense has been vulnerable. Now, I know I'm hyping up the lines, but I'm still going to roll with Green Bay here, regardless of, of anything. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing, while he's not playing his MVP football, the defense is playing great. Christian Watson is showing face. They're running the ball incredibly well. A.J. Dillon is powering through. Aaron Jones, I think, rushed for over 100 this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna roll with Green Bay. They're a scary team to go let's up against. Shout out, let's shout out Jair Alexander too, who I believe Man. is yeah, I think confirmed. I think people should realize he is a top five cornerback in this league. Uh, he talked his talk and he walked his walk. He said that week one game was a fluke, and he went out there and he absolutely shut Justin Jefferson down. You want to know why it was a fluke? Because his defensive coordinator had him playing off. Yeah. Off of Justin Jefferson and, and how he shadows coverage, yep. you have to give credit, um, number one, to Jair because he's not only a top five corner, Bryn, he might be the best corner in football. He's got the we haven't seen that impact because his offensive or his defensive coordinator and Joe Barry has at large been awful. Last couple of weeks, Joe Barry has played more aggressive with the coverages, and the Packers defense has not been an absolute train wreck. So, when the defense is actually just remotely competence. Remotely. The offense is running the football and they're establishing the run and not going away from it. And then you have Christian Watson's big play, big time playmaking. Aaron Rodgers can easily win a playoff game, but for me, I have a weird feeling on this matchup. I don't trust Joe Barry. And that's kind of been the biggest culprit of the Packers issues this year. The offense, yeah, it's had its concerns, but 
they weren't supposed to win because of the offense. When they built this team, it was established on the defense. And so the defensive coordinator has been as questionable as he has. I have a weird feeling versus Detroit offense that we're going to start to see them regress. I, I want to see another week of this before I really double down and say the Packers are going to win the most important game of their season. Now, they're building momentum. You have a huge win versus the Dolphins. You had the win versus the Rams at home. And you also got away with that W versus the Bears. Keep in mind, they almost beat the Eagles as well. You're seeing the progress over the last five, six weeks. I just, I have a weird energy about this game. I think the Lions are going to win. Oh. That last time uh, Rodgers went up against the Lions, he threw three interceptions and a loss. It was 15 to 9 earlier this year. In Lambeau. No, that was no, I'm saying the, in Lambo the Plants are gonna win. That game was. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, at Ford for Field. me, I mean, the, the streak continues with Matt Lafleur as the head coach. They're undefeated in December, uh, and they're starting to play as a complete team. So, I mean, I don't know if we're doing pick them now, but I, I'm. I just told you, I'm rolling with Green Bay. I think they're getting the seventh seed in the play and getting in the playoffs. I'm rolling with you. I'm rolling against both of you. I think Jared Goff is going to show you exactly why he's a quality NFL quarterback. And for as much people as much as people want to really hype up these these Packers, we have to see them in the biggest game of their season show up. As Brandon said, that stat's ridiculous. In three or four seasons, I think they're sixteen and zero. No, well, I think well, okay, that's unbelievable. Now we're in January. Now we're in January. Oh, yeah, so, we are in January. Oh, oh. 2023, my friend. Uh-oh. So I guess we're moving on to NFL Pick'em. Let's move on yeah, to the as well. Chiefs Raiders at home for the Chiefs. This game would cement them as the number one seed in, in theory. We'll see. Saturday, yeah, we don't know the full extent to everything. That's still going to be discussed, but. Oh, we didn't talk still... about Derek Carr at all. But Yeah, we uh, can mention him for this game. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about him. Uh, but I just want to say. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, it's it might get a little close because I mean their last game was thirty to twenty nine, um, but the last time I believe I looked this up yesterday or two days ago, the last time Mahomes lost to the Raiders was about two years ago. Um, I, I just think that the Chiefs are a better team, and I think that they're playing for that number one seed, uh, even though they don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to go out there and play their best. So I think the Chiefs are going to get the job done in Vegas. But in terms of Derek Carr, um, we talked about it um, a little bit, uh, not on air, but off air. Um, he's, he's done as a Raider. I think we all understand that. I think that's basically been basically leaked, but not officially leaked. He, he's done as a Raider. Um, there's a, opportunities out there. Obviously, the number one team that's being popped around is the New York Jets. Um, and I'll just reiterate what uh, – I've talked about with you guys off air. I just don't think I, I, it's fine if you want to go get Derek Carr. I just think Derek Carr is who we know he is. He's a, you know, somewhere between, he could be anywhere from the 12th best quarterback to the 18th or 19th best quarterback in the league. He's somewhere in there. And I just don't think he's going to get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he'd get the Jets into the playoffs, possibly will, because that defense is elite and they're going to continue to take strides. Uh, an offense, but I think there's also some questions about Robert Sala. Is Robert Sala going to be the head coach next year? Um, and is the new head coach, the new head coach, I guess, is going to have to just get down with the fact that they're going to trade for Derek Carr. So, yeah. 
number one, Sal is the Jets coach next year. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to look at this four-game stretch of all losses by the Jets and say an eight-win season from Robert Sala and a top-five defense would merit him losing his job. If anything, I think the return on Robert Sala is positive. For Joe Douglas to hire him and win eight games in spite of having what you have labeled a bust, but more so the worst quarterback playing football, that's a testament to what Robert Sala has built. You look at Derek Carr, friends. I'm really disappointed because you said Derek Carr can be anywhere from here to here. Derek Carr has been MVP candidate in his third season. He won 12 games with Jack Del Rio. That was the first Raiders playoff appearance in 14 years. If he didn't break his leg with Amari Cooper, Khalil Mack, and a defense that still wasn't that good, by the way, there is a chance he could have won a playoff game. Something Vegas slash Oakland has not done in 20 years. Derek Carr never had a good defense. He never had a head coach. He never had consistency. He never had stability. In the draft, they go, where do I even begin? In 2019, Klein Farrell, the fourth pick. Josh Jacobs, which was a hit, the only hit they had at running back. And then Jonathan Abram. 2020, you go Henry Ruggs and then Damon Arnett. In 2021, you go Alex Leatherwood, who's, if memory serves, in the Chicago Bears. Practice squad, maybe. I'm not, I'm not, if memory, they're trying to get the first overall pick shortly, so he might be starting for them. Every step of the way, the Raiders have failed Derek Carr. Now, is Derek Carr an elite quarterback? No. Can he win high-leverage games? I think he can, but we've never seen him be put in that position. So now, you look at what Vegas has done. There's a $40 million injury guarantee if Carr got hurt these last two weeks. And naturally, you want to raise his trade value. Don't want him to get hurt. It makes more sense to just maximize the first over, first round pick because up until this last week, they're basically eliminated. Now they're not making the playoffs. Jared Stedham, Justin, you saw him in New England. I saw him in New England. He did not look like that. Like it's a 49ers defense that for every game, but that game this season has been phenomenal. For Vegas next year, are they rolling into the season after that one Jared Stidham performance and saying, Jared Stidham QB1? Could we after this week be saying Jared Stidham is the bridge quarterback in Vegas? What do we think? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's not out of the realm of possibility that he can, you know, earn himself a starting job, but the Raiders are looking to be Super Bowl contenders. You, you went out to get Devontae Adams for a reason, and it's not because you wanted Jared Stidham as your quarterback that's not the guy that's gonna take you over the you know over the hump if I'm not mistaken I, I read a report where Devonte Adams wants to have a say in who's the quarterback under center if that's the case I can probably assure you that it's not going to be Jared Stidham and while they had an amazing connection unfortunately for my fantasy team they had a fantastic connection but they they went off but that was one game, and I feel like it was more uh, the San Francisco 49ers kind of, I guess, sleeping on Stidham and the game plan of what the Raiders had in store for them than yeah. a, a very, very good Stidham. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Yo, he was chucking it up, man. Uh-huh. My boy was throwing that, – that that catch, I think it was late in the fourth quarter to get, get them the tie game. Insane grab. There's probably no other receiver on the planet that's making that catch not named Devontae Adams. So, I don't see Stidham being the guy. Not, I, think not he was, 
I think he's also he was he, I think he was probably more comfortable in that system than Derek Carr was because he spent more time in that system in New England. Um, yeah, very he true. Had, he had the elite weapons. You know, Hunter Renfro was back. Darren Waller was making plays that game. Devontae Adams, obviously. Josh Jacobs. I, I, I'm sorry I laughed when he said Devontae said he wanted to say in the quarterback. I just, I mean, come on, man. The quarterbacks are really the only ones that get say, and they you have to be like Tom Brady or Aaron. I mean, it, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers, but even look at Aaron Rodgers. He's got no say in his own goddamn organization that he's done so much for. Um, so, I mean, I did see that he the reason he came to uh, Las Vegas was Derek Carr, but he still wants to be a Raider. I think he's just saying the right thing. He's being politically correct. Uh, he doesn't want to be on this team. Uh, he sees the direction that the Raiders are going, which is po- most likely a rebuild. It uh, is a rebuild. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if I was Devontae, I'd be working behind the scenes. I'd be like, all right, I, I made a terrible decision. Um, yeah, it, it, I feel bad for Devontae if he's going to spend, I don't know how long his contract, four or five years maybe. God, spending it in Vegas with that. Well, is getting paid handsomely. He's I have a getting... question for you guys. The new Raiders GM, Dave Ziegler, is from the Patriots. Can the Patriots draft? Did they draft well as Ziegler in those years? I, to be honest with you, don't even know who Ziegler is because Bill Belichick is really the person who runs everything. <laughs> so Ziegler has um, a pretty tall task. So initially, I was talking to Brent about this. I felt like Derek Carr would go for a second-round pick. But just given the certainty with him being a high-level quarterback, he's getting the first, I think, by the Jets. A mid-tier first. Devontae Adams himself is worth a first-round pick, I think still. Devontae got paid the contract, right? And this year for him, it, it's not what he was in Green Bay. So maybe make the case he's not worth a first-round pick. But I think he still is. The top-five receiver, 1,400 yards, 14 TDs in his age 30 season. I think it's pretty realistic some team get up a first for him. I mean, Marquise Brown's my first round pick. So all those things in the balance. The Raiders have their own first this year. So if Vegas has three first round draft picks, Ziegler has to hit. Otherwise, this team, they're going to be stuck with Josh McDaniels, a terrible defense, Max Crosby, just the Bugatti meme where it's stuck in the, in the like the, the terrible garage that that thing, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. This is a pretty big offseason coming up for Vegas. And I think and they're going to get a lot the... of draft compensation. But the only thing that matters, the only thing is that they actually hit on those picks. And I would love to know the uh, – sorry, Justin just broke up. Oh, I would yeah. love to know the stat on teams that have had three first-round picks because I, I, I think the Raiders were one of them recently. The Patriots had a three first-round pick once. Usually they, they'll hit on two. And then one of them will be a bust. You usually don't hit on all three, but I'd love to see a, a statistic of that over the the history of the NFL. The Giants were the other one in uh, 2018. Daniel Jones, oh 2019. Um, Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, and DeAndre Baker. I think that's his name. He broke okay. his leg. He's now in the Chiefs practice squad. Go ahead, Justin. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I hate the slander on the Raiders. I'm not a fan. Like they put it on themselves, Justin. Like I, I, listen, I, I understand it, but the thing is, I feel like not enough people are really going through their schedule and seeing the games that they've lost. Like this is a team that very well could be a playoff team. Derek Carr uh, is probably one of the the, the best humans in football. Uh, doesn't deserve the way that he he just got axed from from this team. Not even being with the organization right now, he wasn't. I don't even think he was there on the sideline during that game. 
I, I'm not a fan of it. And I don't see him going to the Jets. I don't think the Jets will, will waste a first round pick on him. I see it him going more to the Indianapolis and being with the Colts because the Colts just keep going with veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback. And what would they do again? Veteran quarterback. So I'm going to say, and Justin, Stop I, I, he's going to Indianapolis in my mind, but, or, or maybe even consider Miami. But, he has no trade clause. Keep that in mind, my friend. Hey Amen. But listen, I don't think the Raiders are as bad as, as, as they seem. They they've had some, terrible luck and and obviously some ugly games but i mean before that had they beaten the rams on that thursday night if they beat baker and the rams which they were well on their way to doing so and then you add that lucky win against the patriots we'd have been going into raiders versus steelers with the raiders having some playoff implications uh this is a team very far not removed so many one score games i can go on and on and on and on i don't even know if you guys want me to read how many one-score games there are. Read how many one-score games they lost. I know they lost a lot of them. Chargers-Raiders, week one, loss. Cardinals-Raiders, loss. Titans-Raiders, loss. Chiefs-Raiders, one-score game and a loss. Jaguars-Raiders, loss, one-score game. Colts-Raiders, one-score game, loss. Shall I go on? Rams-Raiders, one-score game, loss. Ra- Raiders-Steelers, one-score game, loss. Raiders 49ers, one score game, loss. I just think that I, I understand that, but I just think that the sample size is so big that you can just kind of come to a uh, an outcome of, uh, or a, um, it's just a decision. There, right? I understand that, but when it happens right. so many times in one season, you kind of look at it and you just say, they are who they are, and they're a team that just comes up short. That's not a playoff. I, I, I understand that, but an an off season to work on that. They can right those wrongs. They can they can win these. They get games. a quarterback. I, not I remember earlier in the season me picking <laughs> me picking the Raiders to beat the Chiefs in that game in Arrowhead, and they were on their way to doing so. Yeah, I guarantee you, with Derek Carr, I still feel just as confident that the Raiders can beat the Chiefs on on what when, when's this game Saturday? Okay. Yeah. But again, I have just as much confidence because I actually believe that the talent on this team is there. They're just, just, they just haven't put it together. I don't know if it's just Josh McDaniels is there. They're getting used to the new scheme. I think that is more of the problem, them adjusting to that new scheme mm. than the team just being bad. So Plus injuries. I, I re- yeah, less injuries too. So I, I really feel bad for Derek Carr because I think it was just him getting, getting used to this new system and – he he kept them in games. It's not it's not like they were out of it. He kept them in games. Great relationship with Devontae. Devontae looked like he, he didn't miss a step from yeah. going from Aaron Rodgers to, to Derek Carr. So I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have given up so fast. I think uh I think the Raiders I, I think not enough teams in the NFL actually stick with the script mm-hmm. and they abandon it very no, so uh, very soon and, and that's the problem to me. That's a, that's a that that's a one of the truest statements you've ever said <laughs> that teams give up way too quickly uh, in sports in general, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, is going to disagree with you about feeling bad for Derek Carr. He got the short end of the stick in the situation. Um, mm. But you know, the cookie crumble, how the cookie crumble. So, mm. and just, just, it is what it is. He's going to get a new opportunity next year to right some wrongs and, and the Raiders are going right. there. And the Raiders are going to go downhill unless they, you know, can become masters of drafting and trading and scouting and whatever and developing. But I just don't think any of us see that happening. So 
Moving on to the Jaguars Titans game. Real quick. Real okay. quick. J Ray, all that's true, but this was a team that got shut out 24 nothing against the Saints and Andy Dalton. This was a team that lost to Jeff Saturday's Colts. So, yes, they've lost these one-score games, but the Raiders this year have just had terrible losses. Look at the Steelers' loss. I am a big proponent of my Steelers. If you think this is a playoff team, I'm sorry. You have to beat the Steelers on the road. You can't score 10 points. No, I mean, you're right. Those games, to me, are what did it, not necessarily the one-score games. I don't think Josh McDaniels is the head coach. You know, in Denver, the issue was leadership and just kind of galvanizing players. I don't think he does that. His offense is also notoriously hard to learn. Maybe that is why Jared Stidham was so comfortable and looked so confident against that 49ers defense. Um, but, yeah, it's it's like you said, a team that really can't pick a side. And that speaks to their dysfunction over the last 20 years. I feel bad for Raider fans. They deserve so much more than this. Yeah. And they have an amazing do, team. Uh, great fan base. And McDaniels, McDaniels is going to be there next year because of their, you know, hole they've dug with money. But. After that, it's going to start. Questions are going to be starting to be raised. No point in having three or four quarterback. No point in having three or four head coaches in the payroll if not winning more than seven games. Unless they're bringing in a top flight quarterback, they're going to regret this move. I agree with you. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. And that's the only stable fan's been Oakland slash Vegas. He's going to go with the Jets and make them a playoff team with a real head coach, a real team. I think. A lot of football fans are going to look at this and say, you like to move off of the quarterback. We see the Chiefs move off Alex Smith and get Patrick Mahomes, but rarely does that actually work out. Rarely. Yeah. Most of the time, it's you draft Malik Willis and he doesn't develop. Yeah. Or, that's also way too – I'm sorry. That was way too premature of Malik Willis. He's so young still. On the line. We get what you're saying. That we understand. Chiefs at Raiders. I think we all are Chiefs. Next game up, Titans at Jaguars. We talked about this game before. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw three touchdown passes and uh, get the W. I, I think we all agree the Jaguars are going to win this and get into the playoffs. Yeah, I already screamed du- Duval once. Won't do it again. Yeah, unless Derek Kendrick runs for 500 yards. Buccaneers <laughs> at Falcons. Yeah, in in Atlanta, which and surprising, Atlanta is minus four favorite. That I just saw that that is absolutely shocking. Um, Tampa Bay is going to win this game. Yeah, I'll take Tampa. Is that the line really? I I literally just looked at. It, I'm absolutely minus shocked. Atlanta, they're in Atlanta, oh. but it's probably pricing in the Buccaneers saying a player too. I think that'll change. Patriots at Bills. Um, prayers out to. The entire Bills organization, with all that they've um, had to deal with over this last week, I couldn't play a football game personally. It's this is going to be one of the most bizarre football. Not bizarre is not the appropriate word, but this is going to be a really tough game, I think, for both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I said from the beginning of the season, I thought the Patriots and Bills were going to split. Uh, Bills beat us in New England. Um, I stayed on that path where I thought the Patriots could get the job done in Buffalo at the end of the season. Uh, it, it's one or two. I, 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 I'm just. Gonna, it's one or two ways this game is really going to go with Buffalo. Either they're going to play uh, in complete, completely inspired, um, or the the hearts are going to be a little too heavy, and it's going to be a very tough game for them to uh, get motivated for and play. So this game is almost impossible to pick, but. Yeah, I, I can't even pick it because I really don't know what, what's going to happen in this game. I think uh, Ryan Clark had said uh, the very next snap of football 
is going to be the scariest snap of football that we've seen in a long time. So I, I can imagine that's how a lot of the Bills players are feeling, but I think they're strong enough to go out there. I think they'll be playing for their teammate. Um, obviously, with the promising news that Brandon read earlier from Adam Schefter, I think uh, these guys are motivated. I think these guys are hungry, and I think they kind of need to get back on the field, just you know, clear their minds, feel, get back to a little bit of normalcy, I guess, for them. So, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Buffalo. I said it earlier. I don't feel too confident in New England's chances. I also have Buffalo. Um, they're actually, according to Yahoo, a 93% favorite with a seven-point spread in their in their favor. I'm praying for Demar Hamlin. That matters more than this game quite frankly. Uh, that's why it, it doesn't feel right to move on to football. That matters more, um, but we're going to try to carry on. Vikings at Bears. The Bears are a 7.5-point underdog. Guys, I have an epiphany. Uh, I don't like saying this. The Texans, 2-13-1. They've been a little bit frisky in some of these games. They've lost all of them. Last week, convincing loss. The Bears, 3-13. and They are gunning for the throne. It's weird to say because they don't need Bryce Young. He's the number overall prospect. They don't need the first overall pick, but they can use that as trade capital. After losing their second-round pick, which is going to be like the 33rd overall pick, they could use extra draft capital. So, at the Vikings winning this game, we're going to talk about the Texans in a little bit. Guys, I um, <laughs> this is going to get a little bit spicy here in the NFL draft, I think, in a couple months. Mm. Um, I got to say... I mean, Nathan Peterman is going to be a starting quarterback for the Bears this week. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields is about announced to being out. Uh, I know a lot of teams are like, the Bears are going to get this done. Uh, it's in Chicago because the Vikings have just not looked good. They've been exposed as frauds. Uh, but I think the Vikings are going to be able to get this done because I do think that they are the much better team than the Bears, and I think that they're going to uh, win their final game of the season going into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to roll with uh, Minnesota. Nathan Peterman starting for the Bears. It sucks because Justin Fields was, I believe, 64 or 67 yards shy of breaking Lamar Jackson's rushing record for a quarterback. Would have been cool to see. Fields is one of the more exciting players in the league. Can't wait to see him next year. But, yeah, Minnesota this week. Yeah, Justin dealing with a uh, strain his hip. I'm not sure. It probably, I'm sure it is an injury. But for them, it makes almost too much sense to try to get the first overall pick. They basically sat out like everybody. They have, oh my god, like 13 players in IR. 16, Jesus. Uh, pardon, sorry. Um, the Bears are probably the worst team in sports. Not, not disrespectful. Right now, they're so focused on this number one overall selection. Ravens at Bengals. Whew, this is another tough one. Bears, that's all the Bengal players. You know, you, you see what happened last week. Even for the opposing team, that's traumatic. Um, so this game for them is also going to be a hard one. Um, it's also a very important one because this is the AFC North right here. Whoever wins. Bengals 11-4, Ravens 10-6. Um, technically, it decides the AFC North. I think the Bengals will win. They're a seven-point favorite. Will Lamar Jackson play? Bad check, I'm not quite sure because uh, he wasn't even practicing up until this week. Yeah, I think he was out of practice. Um, I, I have the Bengals winning, like you said. This is the difference between being the number two, possibly number one if Kansas City loses, number one through three seed and being the sixth or fifth seed. Um, so I think the Bengals is a must win for the Bengals, and I think that they're going to get the job done in Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, uh, from the beginning of the season, I said this was the game that Baltimore was going to win. Uh, this division was going to be decided by this game. 
and it very well will be. Uh, I'm going to roll with Cincinnati for the simple fact that Lamar Jackson is likely not to play. If Lamar was healthy and playing this game, I would have rolled with uh, Baltimore. Lamar is yet to practice. And to be honest, yeah. there's no reason for him to play in this game at the money mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to get to a point where, you know, Ravens can't win without Lamar. You know, they can franchise tag him, yes, but I think he's going to start looking for his way out more and more. Texans at Colts. This was the game I alluded to. Um, these are two of the three, probably me, the two worst teams in football, honestly, going head to head here with Nick Foles um, currently under center. Game. Sam Ellinger started. Oh, Sam Ellinger's oh, going to start. I even forgot. I've been so game, tuned out almost. This game, means, last week. this game means absolutely really nothing. Um, mm. I guess more just first first uh, overall draft position, pick, position. But then again, I did. who do you pick to win this game? Uh, I'll just oh, – I'll pick the Colts. I don't know. Who cares? I'll pick the Colts. <laughs> this game means uh, the Texans oh. are winning this game. The oh. Texans oh. just need to do what the Jets did were supposed to do two years ago, and that's lose out. I have this feeling, this feeling, you know, the Seahawks right now, they're actually selecting, currently the Seahawks are at number three, the Bills or the Bears at number two. I think Houston is going to, I mean, this is like the battle of worse versus worse, surprise a lot of people, and the Bears are going to slide to number one here. Ah, I hate to say it, man, but I, I think this defense is, uh, just going to do a good job against Nick Foles and Co. Yeah, listen, I think Lovey Smith is out the door in Houston and he's going to go against every every bit of the grain and he's just he's going to go out there and win this game. He doesn't care about draft position. He's out the door. So, go win Houston, go win one for Lovey. Honestly, I don't I don't think he's out the door necessarily. No. I know that they moved off of Cole to get him. So, you wouldn't be surprised necessarily if they did again. Uh, keep in mind, there's there's no Damian Pierce. So, like, the Texans' running game is not existent. Like, Davis Mills last week let him in rushing with 33 yards and four carries. Uh, I just... I like Jalen Petrie and Desmond King a lot, both of which had picks last week. And um, I think for Lovey Smith, you look at the games versus the Chiefs, they almost beat the Cowboys. They've been competitive in a handful of these matchups. I feel like they're building something defensively. I would hold on to Lovey for one more season. Honestly, I don't think there's much. I think, Justin, I think just in terms of the look, you can't fire Lovey Smith after one season. After all the stuff with Deshaun Watson, even before that, with the uh, racism and the the comments that were said, and then David Cully getting hired, and everybody knew exactly why that hire was made. David Cully being fired, Lovey Smith being brought in. I just think look wise, you can't let Lovey Smith go after one season. You hit the nail on the head. I'm, I. Kind of looked past that point. The Texans are trying to build stability. They're trying to build up their reputation. So it only makes sense for the guy they appointed from defensive coordinator. They add more continuity. So yeah, Lovey Smith. I think he he's going to win this game, and maybe that's going to hurt them down the line. But he's done a decent job, I feel, this year in Houston. Next game up, the Jets at Dolphins. Uh, we're assuming Skylar Thompson's probably going to play, though. Teddy could. Uh, the Jets, after losing the last four games, have been eliminated from the playoffs in the process, ruining Zach Wilson's confidence. According to Joe Douglas, they're going to ride with them through hell and high water, try and improve that, that trade value, because you got to do that again. Uh, God, man, I feel bad for Jet fans. They don't deserve this. They don't deserve this, and I don't think Zach Wilson either is deserving of all the disrespect he's gotten. 
because we've never seen the Jets develop a quarterback. And until we do, I have a pretty hard time saying Zach Wilson is the issue. The common denominator is New York's inability to develop a quarterback with impatience. It starts with the, the fan base, and it goes all the way to the coaching. This year is supposed to be the season they take that wild card leap. They got in the playoff hunt, but this was not the type of December you wanted for the Jets. I mean, up until November with the running game and Garrett Wilson, it was an awesome season, but it's kind of been the worst-case scenario for the Jets, honestly. You know the answer on Zach Wilson. It's a hard no, and the process, you just... The only thing you really gained was these rookies being awesome. <laughs> it, the good news is you're a quarterback away. It's just that you're probably not getting Aaron Rodgers, and that's the only guy I think that makes him a contender after mm. this season. Um, yeah, just to comment on your the, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? Um, I've seen Jets fans obviously blame um, the organization. I've seen people blame the quarterbacks. I think it's both. I think the organization doesn't know how to develop or draft well uh, in terms of quarterback position. And I think the quarterbacks, um, and I think they don't really, and I think the quarterbacks that they pick just aren't the the guys for the job. Um, in terms of this game, Dolphins versus um, uh, Jets, this is another game I just really have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, the Jets have been abysmal the last couple weeks. The Dolphins have been abysmal the last five games. I, I guess I'll I'll take the Dolphins, but I'm not really confident in it. You know, while the Jets have been abysmal, uh, the the game against the Seahawks that wasn't entirely on on quarterback play. Yeah, that's a mix of drops on third downs and, and just special teams bat and missing kicks, missing field goals. Uh, it just it was a disaster all in itself. Uh, I would have loved for this game. They have nothing to to lose. I would have started Zach Wilson again. This is a guy that you, you drafted so high. I think you just got to keep giving him as many reps as possible. So I really think he should have been the one starting this game just to see if you can find some lightning in a bottle at some point. Uh, but they're not rolling with that. I believe Mike White is starting, and I don't even think Zach Wilson is dressing for the game. So I'm going to roll with Miami. I, I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to really really collapsed this bad i think uh they they right the ship i think they squeeze out a win here and they find their way into the playoffs it makes too much sense if the jets just lose every game until they get eliminated and then win in the winter and given this defense against a rookie quarterback yeah, this game's pretty easy for me i'm taking the jets really easy actually uh not gonna be a high scoring affair now we're gonna move on to a lightning round here uh so First game up, NFL Pick'em, Week 18, Panthers at Saints. I've got the Panthers taking the... Oh, actually, you know what? Saints have looked pretty good. I'm taking the Saints. Andy Dalton played well for the most part. Yeah, we'll go Saints. I'm Give me a bearded Darnold. <laughs> nah, I'm taking the Saints. The Panthers haven't been very good on the road. It's in New Orleans. I'll take the New Orleans Saints. Browns at Steelers. Steelers, two and a half point favorites. I think this game, as a Steeler fan, you would think this can no, right? I look at him so unprepared. I feel like this game's on the road at first. It's in, Stadium. it's in Pittsburgh. How do I not know that? Mm. At Akershore Stadium. Okay, I Ugh. thought it was at first energy. It's not. Pittsburgh's hosting the Browns. You know the deal. John has the Steelers taking his W. And guess what? I've got my Steelers. 
finding a way to make it into the postseason. And for somebody that criticized Mike Tomlin earlier in this year, yeah. I'm gonna take my rightful sit, ma. I'm gonna take my rightful seat on the couch and shut the hell up. Yeah, watch your mouth when you talk about Mike Tomlin. Um, I'm picking the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I can see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game, uh, but I'm just gonna take the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with Deshaun Watson. Threw three touchdowns last week. Chubb running over 100 yards. Two touchdowns for Amari Cooper. Things seem to be getting a little better there. I'm going to roll with Cleveland. Muted. Muted. The Browns defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. It's been a rough year for a team that has so much talent but has underperformed so much in defense. Walked out of his final press conference of the season, and as he was stepping off the podium, said, hopefully I get to talk to you guys again. And every Brown fan's like, hopefully not, Joe. Being a head coach is hard. Being an assistant is hard. Um... I do think Brown fans kind of low-key uh, with, like, a, a new D.C. because it's, it's been a really bad year on that side. Really bad. And you can't chalk it up to anything but scheme. Woods kind of is from the Fangio-style scheme of defenses where they, they do that that different variant look, and no quarter has actually been able to emulate what Fangio did in Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have the Steelers winning as well. Uh, another reason why the Browns defense. Chargers at Broncos. Sorry about that. Ramble. I've got the Chargers winning this game. Uh, yeah, Two-point favorites in Denver's favor. Doesn't change anything for me. They're going to not cover that. Uh, I'm taking the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Don't know how Denver is favored, but um, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Chargers. Last game of the season, I've said Chargers are going to win out. Prove me right, baby. Going with the Bolts. Yeah, it's actually absurd. Joey Bosa coming back. The Broncos are not an underdog. Giants at Eagles. I said it before, and I'll say it again. The Eagles are winning this game. They're going to be the number one seed in the NFC, and they're going to cover this 14-point spread. Gee, are the Giants just team players? They're not. That's the disrespectful part. I disagree with that, John. I think that I've had the Giants winning this game for the last couple weeks. Uh, I changed it um, a little while ago to the Eagles winning, but I do believe the Giants cover the 14 points. I don't think they get beaten by 14 points this week. Yeah, none of us has done a a lock of the week. I think this is mine. Uh, Plus 14, I believe they're at home too. No, it's in Philly. They're they're in Philly? Okay, so even I don't even care if it's at Philly. Giants are playing their best football. Daniel Vanilla Vic was killing it last week. I'm going to roll with the Giants winning this game. I love chaos. That's the right nickname. Charger, I want to Cardinals at 49ers. The Niners, I believe, who are also a 14-point favorite. They're getting a little bit lazy, it feels like, in Vegas. They might cover this. No. Um, I thought yeah. last week for the Niners was just, you're going to have a, a bump in the road. They're them. They're going to win. By a lot. Do you think they cover? Yeah. I think this game, they actually do cover. I think the 49ers win this game by a big margin. We should say DeAndre Hopkins is not playing this game either. Hmm. I'm not not touching this game as far as my bets go, unless it's money line. But I'm staying with the 49ers. Win out, baby. Man, I I feel hot, man. Hot on the Chargers, hot on the Niners. Man, I got to play Lotto. You really should. Rams at Seahawks. Oh, man. Um, This is a big game for Seattle. Big game. They can finish this year with nine wins. Very few expect them to win more than seven. They're a six-point favorite at home. I haven't taken this W 
And Brandon, we're going to see this week for somebody that's talked very highly of Baker Mayfield. I've, I've started to support Baker. Geno Smith has been, and in my opinion, is a better quarterback. He's a better athlete, pretty good thrower of the football. And truth be told, I, I think both of those players struggle with the same things, and those are kind of turnover worthy plays and some inconsistency. Geno this year also has a 70% completion percentage. Baker, has he ever gotten above 63%? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I'd see how to win this game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Seattle. Um, it's in Seattle. Um, I'd love to pick the Rams, but they're, they're, they're a hot and cold team. Um, so I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks to win in Seattle. I'm ending the season betting on Baker. I got the Rams going in there, beating the Seahawks, ending the Seahawks playoff hopes. I think Baker has a nice day, and uh, I look forward to talking about his destinations come offseason. Yeah, and I said that Cam Akers had big-time day versus the Chargers. He did. I kind of didn't uh, recognize how Snackler himself would have a pretty big day. Two touchdowns, 122 on the ground, and 39 receiving. Yeah, that Rams defense is kind of why I'm not too high on them. Not the offense. No, although the offense is imperfect. Cowboys at Commanders. Cowboys are winning seven-point favorites in their favor on the road. Sam Howell is the starting quarterback. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. Yeah, I think that's a lock. You said seven-point favorites? Yeah. Yeah, I'll even take an alternate spread. I'll even go plus 10, minus 10. I hate to do this, but is Ron Rivera the coach of the Commanders next season? Uh, I think the thing that is going to – I've been on the train where I think he should be the coach next year, but after seeing the blunder of him not knowing that they could be eliminated last week, I just don't think you can come back for that. So I think he's got to go. Can't make that type of mistake. There's no excuse. Can't make that mistake, but, I mean, that's also one of those things where – He's just focused on one thing and one thing only, just winning the football game. Whatever happens around him is out of his control. So I I don't really fault him too much for not knowing this has to happen, that has to happen for us to win. Just go out there and win football games. And I feel like that's the old school mindset. I think Riverboat Mm -hmm. Ron stays, but they lose to Dallas. I agree. And Justin, I do agree with you. I think he's a little bit misunderstood where I do agree with you, Brandon. It's pretty important you know, you know, this elimination game for us. But uh, for this entire season, the the commanders have been playing house money. They've embracing dogma of everybody's counting us out, so we're going to win the games. The bigger issue was he benched Taylor Heineke for another guy that's probably back up in Carson Wentz, and it felt like that decision really yeah, hurt. You wanted it. This is why John Tortorelli will never be a head coach in the NFL, because he <laughs> wanted Carson Wentz to I get did. started. And you saw what happened when Carson Wentz got started. It yeah. wasn't only Carson Wentz through three picks. It was that the team did not play inspired football, and you know what, Brandon? I wonder why. It's <laughs> hilarious. That's the quarterback that was winning games. Yeah, and honestly, Taylor Heineke, they were winning in spite of him, it felt like. Oh, I... That was where I came from. And I said, Carson Wentz's floor is probably Taylor Heineke's. Wrong. It's below that. His ceiling is definitely higher. And yeah, friends, right, this is why I'll never be close to an NFL sideline. I wanted them to bench Heineke. So, Riverboat Ron was not the only person who thought that. It just didn't work out in his favor. Is the head coach of the team next year? It's Washington. I don't know if he's the guy that's going to turn the franchise that has many issues around. It's a hard one. Very hard one. Very few could turn I'd this I'd like around. to see Harbaugh go to Washington. I think that uh, might be a very favorable destination. Nah, you may be fifth at Pamela. You know, the commanders have uh, some structural issues, but... They have a very talented team. I think it's mm-hmm. one thing a, a commander fan could hold on to right now. Mm-hmm. Last game, Lions at Packers. 
I said it before, the Lions this week are going to surprise y'all. MCDC, Motor City, Dan Campbell, and this Lions team, they're going to put up points against Green Bay's defense in Lambeau Field. And it's going to sound crazy to many people, but we're going to see Aaron Rodgers be eliminated by this Lions offense. And at large, it's not going to be because of Aaron. It's going to be because of their defense. I still don't trust it, but that remains to be seen. I'm going Green Bay. I think we're going to see a couple of Lambo leaps, maybe a discount double check. I got Aaron Rodgers going, yeah, you know, crown me, crown me. I think Aaron Rodgers writes the wrong of them losing in Detroit uh, uh, several weeks ago, and I think that they split with the Lions. I think that they get into the playoffs as the seventh seed. You know, I, I don't, John, I, I'm with you. I, I'd love to root for the Lions here. Just, you know, I haven't been to the playoffs. It would be incredible, but they're running into a bad man on Sunday. This is a, a tough one. Say it the and right way, Justin. He's a bad man. Dude, the Packers are having fun, man. I, they scored a touchdown, and I see Aaron Rodgers running into the end zone going like this. Like, yo, I, I, I want to see that, bro. That's incredible, man. The Packers are playing high and having a good time doing it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Green Bay at home. I think they get in. No, is also a bad man. Bobby Boucher, Jamal Williams. What a set it would be. Out there is 144 against the play to bear defense yard game on Sunday. Jamal Williams is part of the reason why the Packers are eliminated from the postseason. Oh. A former fourth-round pick by the team in 2017. He's been awesome this year. 15 TDs, 900 yards, four yards a carry. 15 touchdowns leads the NFL. So I think it's time we start to recognize this Lions offense is a threat. It is explosive. Uh It is top five in the league with a young, bright offensive mind in Ben Johnson. And Jared Goff, with this much talent, is an awesome quarterback. He's awesome. Three TDs versus the Bears. Y'all better watch out and stop sleeping on these lines. I'm tired of it. I'm really sick and tired of it. Sick and t- sick to my stomach is really the words that I want to use to describe it. I'm disappointed in some of you. You were saying this before that uh, they got their ass handed to them by, um, uh, I forget, it was, the, it was the Panthers, right? Yeah, you, you were saying that we need to start putting respect on the Lions, and then after the Panthers game, you were like, the yeah. Panthers the Panthers were a playoff team. My friend, it was a bad matchup, a really bad matchup. One thing on the one road. Thing, one thing that we forgot to mention, we haven't been able to uh, talk about because we haven't recorded since uh, uh, over a week ago, is uh, JJ Watt's retirement at the end of the season. We're gonna just quickly touch on it. Um, happy retirement to JJ Watt. Uh, said this to, uh, on Twitter: generational talent, first ballot Hall of Famer, easily uh, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, this guy was uh, incredibly elite at his position. Injuries derailed him towards the end, but still a Hall of Fame career. And uh, it, it's just one thing that all just bugs me with it is that it sucks that he had to spend his career on the Houston Texans and the Arizona Cardinals because, man, he could have been a Super Bowl champion if he was on a, a much better team. Uh, with all due respect, he also did have his choice. As far as uh, yeah, after, after yes. he left Houston, should have so went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He should have went to the Pittsburgh Steelers with T.J. Watt. But yeah, no, I'm with you, man. J.J. Really? Watt, an incredible career, probably one of the greatest defensive players that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and credits to him, you know, he's what in his mid 30s now, mm-hmm. and he just he's coming off of a 10 sack season now. Uh, it's been a while since he's had one. I think he hasn't had a 10 sack season since he was back in Houston. Uh-huh. So 
still playing ball. I'm sure he could have played another season, but you know, it's football's a grueling sport. But all credits to JJ Watt, fantastic career, man. Always dreamed of him playing in New England. Sadly, it'll never happen. Yeah, and part of the reason I did retire is because of the birth of his first child. Uh, he should have went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he got that bag secured. So yeah, I'd be happy for a guy that at his peak was one of the five baddest mans on defensive end NFL history. You said it before, Brandon. The best players I've ever watched on defense, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, J.J. Watt, and Aaron Donald. And at his peak, there's really nobody that can stop that guy. As Jason Kelsey said, offensive linemen are happy they don't have to play with him. Even still, in this point of his career, the guy was one of the greatest players in NFL history, and um, we're wishing him nothing but the best of retirement. Uh, I want to thank every, each and every single person that watched the stage at the very end of this video. Uh, it was a tougher one. Obviously, the tone a little bit different, but we appreciate you sticking to the end. If you enjoyed, be sure to check out the link in the description. Uh, that is going to be to Damar Hamlin's toy drive. And, of course, like I said before, don't be hesitant to educate yourself on how to use an AED, CPR, all that stuff. It's pretty important in today's world because you can never be too prepared. Is there, is there anything else you guys like to add before we jump out of here? Um, I mean, Justin guessed my jersey earlier before the show even started, so I'm upset about that. So I guess I just have one thing to say. Um, you remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs <laughs> won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? This <laughs> guy. What a boy. Yeah, football season's almost over, guys. Went by too fast. Yep, Knicks look actually pretty good for once, for a second time. So we'll talk about them soon. Let's end the show. Looking forward to it. And though the Heat last night, Brand, don't think I'm letting you off the hook. They lost to Russell Westbrook and Thomas Bryant. That was a rough one. Oh, happens to us. It's regular season. It's a long one. With all that being said, we want to thank you for watching. Stay to the very end. I would be on to really. This is Brand Capizello and Justin Rain. As always, we'll see you next time. Stay classy, y'all. Woohoo!